I could go without the Orioles threatening to get perfect game every couple of days. Look, I'm really enjoying the season. I want to make that abundantly clear. I just would prefer not having to feel that anxiety every fourth day. I, I don't... Maybe I'm asking for too much. Did I ask too much? More than a lot. You gave me lots of wins. Now that's all I've got. I just want one hit. All right, that was a terrible U2 impression. Remember when they? Remember when all of a sudden they were like, hey, we're going to put one out again, but this time Mary J. Blige is going to do it with us. And you were like, why? And then you heard it and you were like, oh, because it's better. Because it's much better. Right, because Mary J. Blige is that good. Yeah, yeah. Griffin doesn't remember that I at don't, all because he was I, two or whatever he was when that happened. I don't know. Hi, good morning, Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Griffin. Um, lots to do on a Thursday edition of the program. We are going to have our first fantasy football discussion of the year. This is very awkward for me because, you know, Ken Zalas is my guy, and so this is very uncomfortable. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from Joe Serpico. Good guy and, and, and happy to have him on board, and it's not his fault that Ken retired and wandered off into the sunset. Although, I'd still, I feel like if we called Ken today and said, hey, why don't you do it? He'd just do it. I, I still don't believe him. So this is awkward for me. It's like when um, mom's dating a new guy, right? And you're like, I'm not going to call him dad. I want to make this very clear. I'm not calling Joe Serpico dad. I, I like Joe. He seems like a good fella. And he's our new press box um, fantasy football expert. And we're going to talk fantasy football today. We're going to get his thoughts on uh, getting ready for drafts and guys whose names we should know. Rashad White. Is the guy Allgaier in Atlanta? I don't even know what his name is. But I think I'm supposed to know it. We're going to let him explain all that to us so that we're prepared. You shouldn't be doing your fantasy draft this week, of course. That should be something that you do Labor Day weekend. That is fantasy draft week. But we do want to be prepared. We do want to have those conversations. So Joe Serpico will join us today. We'll talk about that. Also coming up this morning, our buddy Jim Callis from MLB.com, MLBpipeline.com. They've got a new top 100 list. Unlike Baseball America that had Gunnar Henderson number one, they have Gunnar Henderson numero dos. Number two. Who does number two work for? Francisco Alvarez is their top prospect. Mets. Yeah, Mets. Yeah, Mets. Mets. Yes, Mets. Um, we got Grayson number four. We'll talk about their list coming up in a bit. They also reordered their top 30 for the Orioles. Uh, you would imagine. Gunner number one, Grayson number two, Ooh. and then Jackson Holiday number three Ooh. on the list. Colton Kowser, Call Jordan, up. Jordan Westberg number five. D.L. Hall, who slipped nearly out of the top 100 prospects. We'll talk about that with Jim Callis. And then at number seven is uh, another guest of ours this morning, Kobe Mayo of the uh, Bowie Bay Sox. We'll check in our weekly trip to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox coming up this morning at about 11.20. So that's all coming up. And then, of course, it is Thursday. And every other Thursday, we bring you Weekend at Bookies. 11.40 a.m., Weekend at Bookies. We'll have our buddy Andrew Stecka check in. Our, our guy, Brad Kronthal from Alloy Sports, will join us weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Of course, Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 as well. So that's what's up. That's what's on the docket. Orioles lose. And we're largely lifeless in the process. Now, if you want the good news, Austin Voth was excellent. As you know, if you watch the game, he was outstanding 
for six innings. There is question, given that he wasn't really pushing it necessarily pitch-wise, as to whether he should have gone back out there for a seventh. Considering he had never finished six, you understand why maybe there was some reluctance to go back out for a seventh. But keeping in mind that apparently a few of the Orioles' top relievers were not available for yesterday's game... I can see why there is second-guessing. Of course, you can always see why there's second-guessing when it blows up in your face. As Alanis Morissette once said, I'm referencing you two and Alanis Morissette, so Griffin is just going to go take a nap at some point. Everything blows up in your face. Somehow, for whatever reason, Brian... Do you, oh, do you know that? I know. Yeah, I know Alanis Morissette. Do you know what song that is? That was... Um, Life is a funny way. I'm helping not, you yeah. out when you think everything's okay. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's going wrong. What is it called? A traffic jam when you're already late and no smoking sign uh it's called uh, ironic it was a huge hit uh, ironic. um i bring that up uh by the way that's the name of brian powell for something weird happened on twitter last night rita was tweeting with somebody about uh prince and michael jackson and brian powell i don't think understood what she said at all and thought that she was disparaging prince which is literally the opposite of what she said which i know because rita and i trust me we've had lots of conversations about prince i promise you if there's one topic rita and i people have to remember we're not just uh uh, co-hosts we're we're good friends so rita and i have a lot of conversations and if you know me there won't be many conversations until i get to my first prince conversation if we are actually friends so um Brian came to my Twitter and was like, ah, you won't believe what Rita's saying. I'm like, what? 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 And I went and looked, and I was like, no, I, I do. Like, do you see what she said? But somehow that turned into a conversation about vocalists and who my favorite vocalists were of all time. And I'm going to put that on the list. Saw Alanis Morissette last summer. I've never given her her due diligence as a vocalist. I've always known that I liked her, her tunes. I certainly liked her first two records. Um, I always knew that. But I don't think I gave her credit as being a pure vocalist. I always I said we got into this conversation about people that I would listen to sing the phone book. Like that to me is how you determine a great vocalist. It's not because you like their songs, it's because you like their voice so bad that they could sing anything and you would listen to them singing it. And Aretha Franklin is the greatest vocalist of all time. She could sing anything. She could sing our list of sponsors, and I would listen to her sing it. It's that much of an instrument. That's a good idea. We should get that. I would. Well, yeah. she's unfortunately no longer available well. for comment, Griffin. <laughs> nice call. No, but nice call. I know. I know. Yeah. Do, do you somebody? But do you? There, well, there's probably a, do there's, you though? There's things we can like voice. Oh, stop. Yeah. Just stop. I'll work on it. Um, but Alanis Morissette should be on that list, Brian. Write her down. I don't know if you're chiseling it into stone or something like that, but Alanis Morissette should be. Griffin, of course, chisels our definitive power rankings into stone and then passes them down on Mount Sinai, which I appreciate because that's where they should be. It's that important. So if we're doing a vocalist list, I want Alanis Morissette on my vocalist list. She's a damn good one. Orioles lose was the point. I don't know how we got here, but we got here. It's what it is. We, we move on. Um, they, I don't really... It's hard for me to criticize Brandon Hyde too much about not putting Austin Voth back out there for a seventh inning. And look, they scored one run. The likelihood that they were going to win the game scoring one run is slim. That, that was, their problem is they didn't do anything offensively. Now, the good news is they won two out of three in Toronto, and that's very good news. When you're competing directly with a team for a playoff spot and you have the opportunity to go win a series on the road... That's big. It's incredibly good news the Orioles do that did that. The bad news is that they just didn't get much help anywhere else this week. And so because of it, not only are they falling a game and a half out of a playoff spot, the Twins actually jumped them. 
This is how difficult. This is why no matter how many times, you know, Drew and I were joking about this yesterday. Like, don't count them out. Don't say anything. Don't, 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 don't. No matter how much we do this, I keep coming back to it's still unlikely. We can be mad about, and some of them are absurd, like when you look at the playoff chances for the Orioles and you see numbers, some have to be mistakes. But when you see them as sub-50%, I get it. I do. I get it. It's extraordinarily difficult because there are six teams. Oh, and by the way, don't look now. Boston's only two and a half behind the Orioles with a series coming up this weekend. Boston suddenly has gotten hot a little bit. This is going to be extraordinarily difficult. Now, on a day where they only scored one run, and on a day where they didn't want to go to their top bullpen arms, did you think a little bit about Trey Mancini and Jorge Lopez? Sure. I can't lie. I did. I do. I know Austin Hayes is struggling mightily right now. You think about the idea that you'd like to have one more bat that you could turn to instead of your next option being Brett Phillips. I guess more people are starting to do the math and believe that players can be called up starting next week without losing their rookie status. So there's this feeling that like next week might be when we see a Gunnar Henderson or a Kyle Stowers. Feels like Stowers maybe a little bit closer than Henderson. I know that um, that that a dumb Twitter account that's trying to dupe people put out a Stowers one today, hoping to get everybody uh, duped like they did with um, the Gunner Gunner yeah, a couple Gunner. weeks ago. I I don't you know, it's a conversation. I don't want to be the old man yelling at the cloud again. Uh, I've already I've already done Alanis Morissette and U two radio today, so maybe I should slow down on all of my old guyisms. Um, it's hard to not think about what this team could have done or what they should be doing, and how you conflate the feeling of now versus the feeling of what's coming. And I don't have the correct answers. I also admittedly, and I don't know how you guys feel, but I admittedly go through a feeling every time the Orioles lose a game, every time. I I don't know if you've ever been at a place where you didn't think you were supposed to be. Like, I don't know if you've ever had a job that you didn't think you were qualified for or you were an unpopular kid that was invited to the popular kid's party. I don't know if you've ever been in those situations. I was never unpopular, but I I was never like, Whoa, you know, man. Rico Suave, right? Like, I was never <laughs> the best-looking kid. I was, I was like, the guy that everybody got along with. That's sort of, like, my my life is, I just going to get along with everybody. And I, I can make a joke every now and then, so it was a whole thing. But then, like, you'd start dating a pretty girl, and you'd be like, she's going to figure it out. Like, one of these days, she's going to be like, what are you doing here? And I'd be like, okay. And I'm not even going to be mad. Like, I understand. I, I, I totally get it. You're going to do better than me. I, I'll see myself out. That's how I feel when the Orioles lose a game. When the Orioles lose a game, I feel like it's we're not supposed to be at the party. <laughs> like somebody accidentally invited us or like their parents forced us them to invite us. We got there. We looked around. Everybody's playing seven minutes in heaven. And you're like, oh, right. They don't want to go in the closet with me like that. That they don't want to do that. <laughs> the kids still play seven minutes in heaven, Griffin. Uh, No, I don't think so. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a shame. Taught, learned a lot about life playing seven minutes in heaven. Although I'm pretty pretty sure it's a good idea that we don't do that anymore. Cause I, it's whatever. It's a conversation for a different day. Boy, I'm really going deep today. Um, I feel that way. 
Every time the Orioles lose a game, I'm like, right, I get it. We're not supposed to be here. Bottom's going to fall out. Sorry. So- sorry. Sorry to bother your, your, your playoff race, guys. Sorry. And then they Sorry. But we'll they, just we'll just go back. And yes, for the most part, like last weekend when they lost two games, and you're like, oh, this 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 is the end, my only friend. So add the doors to my list today. All right. Um, w- when you feel that, and I I remember I, who do we have on a Monday? I feel like I asked some, a Bordick maybe. I was like, mm. do you worry at all that like they face a little adversity and maybe it snowballs and ultimately they kind of go back back to reality? Add Eminem to the list. Killing it this morning. Um, back to the reality, mom spaghetti, the whole thing. And he was like, man, not really. And sure enough, they turned around and they won the first two games in Toronto and they stabilized. But I'm telling you, I get that feeling. I get the feeling every time. Like when I got hired to call DC United soccer, despite the fact that I had done maybe six soccer matches in my life to that point. And I was like, they're going to figure it out. (laughs) I tried telling the first time they asked me, I was like, I'm not sure I'm qualified guys. I'm not sure. Paying me an awful lot of money to do this. I'm not sure I'm qualified. And they were like, nope, we've heard you. Uh, we listen to you do broadcasts, Loyola, and we believe in you. I'm like, okay, okay. And I just kept sitting there thinking, somebody's going to walk in angry. Somebody's going to walk in. They're going to say, what, what is this fraud doing here? Who is this person? When I was doing afternoons, afternoons on ESPN Radio 1300 when I was 22 years old, wildly unqualified wildly i just kept thinking at some point somebody's gonna walk in and they're gonna say what this guy should be working at a best buy (laughs) this guy should be a a, a chick-fil-a something like that this guy shouldn't be here doing afternoon radio on espn radio 1300 that shouldn't be the case i feel that way when the orioles lose a game i just like every time it happens there's this sinking feeling in my stomach like yo we're not supposed right sorry 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 we'll see ourselves out don't worry (laughs) I know, I know. We're wrecking your party. My apologies. <laughs> See you guys. It's just genuinely the way that I feel. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll turn around today, and they should. this should be a respite right. for them. Facing a Cubs team that, for the most part, is going through the motions at this point. Um, at home, it should be some sort of respite for them. Boston suddenly looks more difficult for three games this weekend. And one of them, of course, isn't a home game. One of them is up in Williamsport. And there's some of the odd nature of all of that. And you're never going to have a favorable pitching matchup because you can't. Although these guys, Spencer Watkins goes back into the rotation today. The last time he started, he pitched quite well. But then oddly had his next start skipped because reasons. So I don't know what to expect from Spencer Watkins because we've seen a, a lot of bad, and then we saw good. And so eh, could be anything. Could be could be anything. I don't know if just getting to the point where the Orioles feel like they can call up some more guys is enough to make me feel drastically different. I, I feel like you're gonna if you're gonna get through this somehow you're going to be getting through it with smoke and mirrors because that's how they've gotten to this point. I mean, we have to be honest about that. Yes, they've gotten through it with an outstanding bullpen. An outstanding bullpen that has been remarkably taxed and lost some of its depth. They've gotten through it with excellent outfield defense. But one of the trade-offs right now for that outfield defense is if that you have Austin Hayes in the lineup every night 
either he's still dealing with the injury. Something is impacting him at the plate. He is not producing even minimally at the plate. So the outfield defense, which has been excellent. By the way, the defense as a whole has been excellent. But particularly to me, the outfield, the the range, the number of balls and, and, and why the pitching has been able to be better because the number of balls that could be more damaging that aren't damaging because of how much ground this outfield is covering is is remarkable. But you're trading something off at the moment because Austin Hayes can't hit. So do you put somebody else out there? I mean, should it be McKenna more often? I know Brett Phillips can play a little bit of defense. He just he can't hit either. I guess McKenna would be the answer. I guess I'm answering my own question because he's the one that's hitting right now. I don't think he's quite as good defensively as Austin Hayes. I don't think we can even pretend that. But you got who you got. I mean, somebody's got to play out there. That doesn't mean they can't get through it because they've gotten to this point. Uh, it's not a, If you think it's offensive for me to say smoke and mirrors, you're not paying attention. On paper, this team should not be this good. But yet they are. But there's also a reason why twice in the last four days they have been at risk of getting perfectoed. Twice in four days. Because there's not a lot there. They are they are playing above their heads, and it's been magical, and may it continue. And I'm not telling you I doubt it. I'm just merely being realistic about it. It's going to be very hard. Even on a week that was overall good. This was an overall good week for the Orioles. Taking two out of three in Toronto. Even in an overall good week, they have still seeded ground in the playoff race. Not because they've fallen further behind. They were a game and a half out to start. They're a game and a half out now. But there's already another team in front of them. And still a team breathing down their neck, a half game behind them. And now the Red Sox charging just two and a half behind them. That's how difficult it is what they're up against. It is very, very hard for them to find a way through. Winning three out of six games, playing 500 baseball is not going to get them there. And over their last six games, they're 500. Did you have any issue with Adley not being in the lineup yesterday? No, they're gonna. This is what the, the way it's gonna work. They're gonna. They're gonna day game after night game. He's not gonna be like not. Oh, DH. Not, you mean yeah, the like fact he that he didn't DH? <sighs> um, especially with the Cubs, like it's a makeup day today, right? Like you're saying that game is more important than this game is. I, I I get the argument. I saw that from a couple of people on Twitter. I. I'm not going to get too worked up about it because I do think that when you're a catcher, you inevitably have to get right. some days off off. Like, it, somewhere it's got to happen. You've got to get a day off. Um, I'd have to, to look more. I didn't look into what, you know, I, I didn't look into anything advanced as right, far as numbers right. are concerned to know if, like, Ross Stripling has particular success against left-handed hit. I, like, I just don't. I don't know enough about that to 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 have a a loud take. It is tough when you only have so many guys in your lineup hitting to not have the guys in your lineup that are hitting in your lineup. It's part of the problem. 
It's a big part of the problem. It's tough. It's tough. Orioles back at it this afternoon. They play the makeup game against the Cubs, 3 o'clock today. Uh, Spencer Watkins is on the mound for that one. Uh, he'll be opposed by Adrian Sampson uh, for this makeup game between the Orioles and the Cubs. All right, uh, today's show brought to you by ooh, Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, the FanDuel Sportsbook. UFC 278 coming up on Saturday night. The place to be is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland because they've got 61 self-service kiosks all over. They have now spread them out a little bit more so there's not the bunching and the crazy lines. You can get up, get your bets in. Bet pads start next Tuesday, so they won't be there in time for UFC 278, but you want to spend $75 on a fight, be my guest. Go do it. And then order some food. All of a sudden, you're up over $100, and you're not winning anything. Or you go to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. You pay nothing to watch the fight. You win money betting on the fights, and you come out on top. I mean, I look, man, I didn't, I didn't do a lot of math. But I, I feel like one's better than the other. Email events at sportssocialmd.com right now to reserve your spot for UFC 278 on Saturday night. We have a new fantasy football uh, whiz at PressBox. His name is Joe Serpico, and he joins us for the first time here on GCR. Joe, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me, guys. So I've got to be honest. Overdue. I, I got to be honest about this, Joe. <laughs> like I, I like you, and I'm, I'm glad to have you on board. But you got to understand, like Ken's been my friend for a long time, so I'm not going to call you dad. Okay? Like I'm just not going to call you dad. I hope you understand <laughs> that. It's, no, I got I got some big shoes to fill replacing the uh, legendary KZ. There's, there's no doubt. Uh, I appreciate uh, I appreciate him for you know, doing his part for me to get this opportunity. But uh, time for a, a younger, fresher face. Oh, oh, look at that! <laughs> look at that! That's kind of a, I mean, but in fairness, anybody's younger than Ken, so that doesn't say a whole lot. <laughs> All right, let's get into it, Joe. Um, let's start off. Just give me right now if if you. If you had to line it up today, PPR, top five picks to you go in what order? Uh, for me, one through five, it's Christian McCaffrey at number one, Jonathan Taylor at two. You can't go wrong either way with either one of those guys as your number one. But then to round out my five, it would be three, Austin Eckler, four, Najee Harris, and then five, Dalvin Cook. Okay. As you can see, I'm big on the running backs. I know some guys around the interweb uh, have a couple of those wide receivers a little bit higher, but I like to have my running backs first and worry about receiver later. I have I have really sensed, it, and I, I, look, I don't, I legally will not do drafts before Labor Day weekend. Like, if you invite me to something that's before Labor Day weekend, get the f out. Players still get hurt. I'm not going to do that. Um, I have sensed actually more of like a consensus being there is more of a disparity between running backs and you don't have the option any longer of trying to go bold and go zero running back and hope for the best. I have like felt like there's been more of a pressure that you've got to take running backs and that you're almost going to have to reach on running backs because it feels like there's such a drop off after say like the first 14. I think 14 is actually a really accurate number after your first 14. It gets a little bit dicey there. You could say about 14 to 16 guys that you can rely on each week where you can kind of just set it and forget, as opposed to there's a couple of situations around the league where, well, one, because of the way they're not playing in preseason, uh, it's kind of hard to judge how some of these running back by committee situations are going to go. But, yeah, you definitely want to 
go get as many running backs as possible because after that it's kind of a, a kind of a game for you to basically figure out who's going to be the starter for right uh, you know situations like Miami and Seattle and even New England now there's some rumblings that Ramondre Stevenson could take over for Damian Harris so if you can get yourself one of those top let's say 14 guys you got off to a good start because after that it's kind of uh you know shooting for flyers essentially at that point give me some names and stick with the running backs give me some names that after you get past those top guys you'd say okay think about it just think about flyers on give me two or three guys that might be rookies that that maybe either nobody's heard of or you know you have to be joe serpico to have heard of just give me a couple of names. You'd say, file this name away as you get closer to your draft because at a certain point, it's time to start going that route. Well, so I just recently put up my uh, my sleepers and breakouts for, for running backs over on PressBox. And the two names that come to mind, uh, sleeper-wise, would be Devin Singletary. Uh, the way he kind of came on down the stretch, I know – in the middle of the season last year, you were probably pulling your hair out trying to go between Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. But down the stretch, the final five games of the regular season, they finally gave him uh, all of the uh, the opportunities, and he averaged about 18, a little over 18 points a game. And that continued in the playoffs where he had 36 points in the two playoff games. And the unique thing about that is in the playoff games, Zach Moss only had one carry. Um, that means it was basically Devin Singletary's job from that point forward. A little bit of concern because they did draft James Cook in the second round, but he's more of a pass-catching back. So uh, Devin Singletary is my top sleeper right now as far as running backs goes. And then as far as another guy that I have my eye on is Tyler Algier, mm. the running back mm-hmm. for for the Falcons. Um, it's no real secret that Cordero Patterson kind of broke down as the season ended. Uh, it was the most touches he had, and it was – like 110 to 115 touches more than he's ever had in in a regular season. So there's no real secret that they want to lighten his workload, use him more as the jack of all trades that he was initially intended to do. And then that for me gives Algier as somebody who's, I think going to buy season's end is going to handle the bulk of the carries for the Falcons. Now the Falcons might not be that good. They might not get that many scoring opportunities, but again, I think he's the guy by, by, let's say, the middle part of the season, he's going to be the lead back, and then you know, you'll know you see Patterson all throughout the formation. New Press Box fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Joe, admittedly, I, I so this is a rule, and you'll get to know this about me. I know guys that stink, and I don't want those guys on my team. Instead, I'd rather take someone who's new that might not stink, right? Like That's kind of why I've, I've, I tend to take a lot of rookies as drafts go on. And I look around at guys that I want to be excited about, but I keep saying, but those offenses stink, right? Like I look at a Damian Pierce, and I look at a, a Kenneth Walker, and I look at a, you know, a Brees Hall, and I look at a Bijan Robinson and places like that. And I'm like, boy, those are, those are guys that I think could really move into big roles and, and have big opportunities. But then I also look at them and say, yes, but those teams have no quarterback and will probably be getting their brains beat in a lot during the course of the season. How do you handle the excitement of a player versus – maybe this isn't a place that's going to be able to have the most success on the grounds. Well, so for fantasy purposes, it is a little bit harder for, let's say, a running back, just because if your quarterback stinks, we all know that you know teams will stack the box against them and make it a little bit more difficult for them. So rookie running backs on bad offenses, uh, not to say you should want to stay away from them because I just named one that's going to be on a bad offense. Uh, you mentioned Brees Hall. He's somebody uh, – 
who probably is going to get a ton of touches as a running back for the Jets, but, you know, how good are the Jets going to be this year? But on the flip side for receivers, if you're on a receiver that's on a bad offense, that's actually uh, something you can right. almost take advantage of just because of the sense of, you know, if they're trailing a lot in big in games, then, you know, you know they're going to come out swinging. Uh, Darnell Mooney's not necessarily a rookie, but he's a guy that yep. I've kind of been targeting quite a bit yep. for the Bears just because somebody on that team's got to catch passes. Um, Drake London, there's a rookie receiver. You know, I just mentioned the Falcons not that long ago. He's another guy that I think is going to put up big numbers just because the Falcons are going to be trailing quite a bit. And outside Kyle Pitts, there isn't a, a whole lot of receiving options there. Um, so you, when you're looking at those kind of bad offenses, it's, it's hard to trust a running back in that situation. But the receivers, you can almost, I don't want to say guarantee that they're going to produce, but you know they're going to get a lot more opportunity just because those teams are going to be trailing so much that you know they're going to get a ton of targets in the passing game. All right, let's, again, stay PPR. When is the first place that you start thinking about taking a wide receiver? And I, I did happen to see your rankings. Why are you Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup? I think, so for me, Justin Jefferson is just because one, I don't want to say the obvious that he's younger, but I do think it's, it definitely helps that he's moving in an offense that's uh, more pass-happy than he was. I mean, under Mike Zimmer, they were predominantly a run-first team, and he still put up mega numbers. So now you put Kevin O'Connell in there as his head coach, and that just makes me think that he's in line for a monster, monster season. Uh, he might flirt with Cooper Cup's numbers from last year. Uh, now, how much of the play calling was he doing last year as opposed to Sean McVay? Uh, we'll probably never know, but you know, coming into that same type of offense, uh, his numbers have been off the charts the first two. I believe he's over 3,000 yards receiving in his first two NFL seasons. Uh, and again, would it surprise me if he flirts with the 2,000 yard mark this year? And he is, for me, without a doubt, the number one receiver in the game. Uh, you can say what you want about Cup, Chase, some of the other guys that are out there. Uh, right now, Justin Jefferson, what he does. You know, as a route runner, as a deep threat, the guy can do it all, and that's why I got him as my top receiver. And to go back to your question of where uh, where I would take him, I have him ranked seventh. You know, if, if you see him kind of uh, falling in that general area, you can't go wrong with him to start off your team. But then, like we talked about before, you run the risk of not having any alpha running back with your next pick. So that's why, for me, a lot of the times you're going to see me take a running back in round one, so and most of the time in round two as well to be honest. so that's what i was going to say so despite where you have him ranked you're saying if you're sitting down doing a draft the likelihood is you're still probably you're 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 letting that go when you're taken from the next crop of wide receivers pretty much yeah so if you've looked at a lot of the mock drafts i've done over at press box online uh it's predominantly been receiver or excuse me running backs early i like to go ideally go three running backs early that way you don't have to worry about that for the rest of the season you got your two running backs and a flex but, you know, sometimes the uh, the board kind of plays itself out. Just the other day I did one where I only had a running back in the second round, and then I did three receivers just to kind of see how it looked. And, you know, it gets a little gets a little dicey in yeah. the running back position kind of quick. So it almost reinforces the fact that you want to, at least in your first three rounds, try to escape with two starting running backs. Because then after that, like I said before, you're kind of uh, taking flyers on guys. And not to say that you want to hope injury on somebody, but those – guys in the middle tiers, your uh, Tony Pollard, your Kareem Hunt, the, uh, A.J. Dillon, you know, you know they're splitting times, but you know that they would be lead guys if there was an injury. Again, we don't want injury, but 
that's what you draft those guys for. It does also feel to me like wide receiver is just deeper in general than it's been in a while. It feels like, you know, even within you know the twenties, you're like, man, I I, I kind of like these guys. These are guys that I, I I wouldn't be, you know, furious if I'm playing these guys every week. No, that's 100 percent true too. There are some of the guys that I really like that are not in your let's say consensus top ten. Uh, you can find Keenan Allen right outside right. of the eleven. Cortland Sutton is another name you're seeing a lot there. Uh, A.J. Brown might just be just on the cuffs there of that 9-10 to mark. Brandon Cooks is a guy that I've always been high on. He always seems to be outside of your top 20 uh, when you're doing your draft, but then by the time the season's over, the guy's got over 1,000 yards. Uh, he's somebody that I'm big on this year. He's coming off a year. He led the, the Texans in targets and receptions that are both career highs for him. Again, another situation where offense, where there's not a whole lot going for them, so you know he's going to get peppered with targets. So, yeah, there's a ton of receivers that you can find in those, uh, let's say, 15 to 30 mark that by the season's end, I think you're going to be satisfied with them being as your number one or number two. Yeah, that's the sense that I get. I mean, I really do. I feel like there is just a deep, deep group. And then the tight end thing. Where where are you willing to take a tight end, and, and how deep – like, you know, whose name at this point, when you see this person come off the board, do you say, hey, you better make your move soon because there's going to be a serious drop-off after this point? So I think you, there's there's five guys that if you get them in, let's say, the first five or six rounds, you're pretty set at, with that being uh, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, and Darren Waller. I personally believe that if you don't get one of those guys in your first, let's say, five, six picks, wait until, say, rounds nine or ten. And there's a class of guys that they're not going to be world beaters like the other five, but you can't really complain about if you end up with a team with, let's say, a Dallas Goddard or Zach Ertz or a TJ Hawkinson or even the Cowboys Dalton Schultz. You know, yeah, you can wait a little bit on those guys. They're not going to give you the same – type of production as uh, the aforementioned five. But those, I would say, is the next five. There's a little bit of a tier there before you drop off into your, you know, then you're really just shooting for, again, for a flyer, whether it be your Irv Smith or Albert O or uh, even a Noah Fant who's getting to get an opportunity to buy himself there in Seattle. So there, there, there are some guys you could definitely find later at tight end if you want to fill out your wide receivers and running back positions early, because I'm a big proponent on tight end and quarterback as late as possible. So that was where I was going to go next. I know Ken was always a quarterback as late as possible guy. And it took me a little while to come around. Like I want to say I'd still even eight years ago was willing to go early on a quarterback, but in the last seven or so years, I've probably gotten to that. And, and I would say the same thing when, when this name comes off the board amongst the quarterbacks, when do you say to yourself, all right, it might be time to think about it because there's a drop-off, or do you feel like there really are legitimately 12 to 14 viable fantasy quarterbacks that there's no point at which you have to panic? I think, again, there's a, there's a group of five that if you have one of those five, actually I'll say six, if you have one of those six, you should be pretty good. And those are all guys you can probably get in your top seven to eight rounds. Um, just to go over the names, it'd be Herbert, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Lamar, and Jalen Hurts and Russell Wilson. I think any of those six, you are pretty set just because they almost all do a little bit as a runner and a little bit as a passer. 
uh, well, I should say a lot of the past for for some of them's sake. But then you're looking at your guys like your Brady's and your Aaron Rodgers and your Matthew Stafford, who every year seem to finish in your top eight quarterbacks but never seem to be drafted that high. I just did a mock draft last night, and I got Brady with my last pick. So that just kind of shows that you can definitely wait a little bit on a quarterback, feel your way around the league. If you notice, let's say, you know, 10 out of your 12 in your league already got quarterbacks, and you still have, like I just mentioned, a Brady or a Stafford or a Rodgers still hanging out there, by all means, continue to wait because most teams aren't going to have a second quarterback, and if they do, they just took up an unnecessary roster spot they're going to be holding on to for most of the year. Uh, a name that I'm kind of big on this year that's not oh, – I have him at 12. I think uh, others have him right around that 14 mark is Derek Carr. I think this will be the year now that he's got a bona fide number one receiver in addition to Darren Waller, Hunter Revpro, got Josh McDaniels now as his uh, head coach. I think Derek Carr uh, is going to be a real nice option for fantasy this season. I would much rather have him – over some of the other guys you're seeing, I know Kirk Cousins has gotten a little bit of a bump because of a new court, or excuse me, new head coach, Jameis Winston. Some are still holding out on his uh, his thirty for thirty campaign, I guess. Yeah. And then and then a lot of people are big on Tua. Until I see it, I'm not believing it. I think uh, Tyreek Hill is hyping him up, but I think he's going to be a little disappointed with some of the some of those deep throws once it all gets started in a couple weeks. All right. He's got content every day at PressBoxOnline.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Serp. He is our new PressBox fantasy football analyst, Joe Serpico. Joe, appreciate it, man. We will be doing this regularly. Look forward to it. Thanks for taking the time for us. Uh, thanks for having me. and look forward to talking to you soon. Joe Serpico checking in with us. And Joe, in the new print issue of PressBox, has his tips for a successful fantasy football season. That new print issue is available right now at your neighborhood, Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. And someone you might be taking in your fantasy football draft, Mark Andrews, is on the cover. Great story from Bo Smolka. Jim Callis from MLB.com, MLB Pipeline. They've got new prospect rankings. Gunnar Henderson's number two. We'll talk about it next. Glenn Clark Radio. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Forget plus-minus odds, Swagger uses points for a better way to understand probabilities. If you're tired of losing because of one bad pick, with Swagger, you don't need to be perfect to win. You just create a lineup of 4-10 to 10 simple player props and score points for the ones you get right. So you can be half right and all right with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payouts of any DFS site as much as 50 times your buy-in. Plus, you can play all the major pro sports, including your favorite local team, if you're ready to play, visit playwithswagger.com slash pressbox to sign up and Swagger will give you $10 free to try them out. Plus, they'll match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. It's free money to play with Swagger. Swagger, daily fantasy for all fankind. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for 
having me. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle, take it away, boys. All right, back in here, no, back in here on GCR. I talk for a living. Don't worry about me. I'm good. No problems over here. Back in here on GCR as we continue on a Thursday edition of the program. MLB.com, MLB Pipeline, has a new top 100 prospects ranking, and they have new organized top 30 prospect rankings for each team after the trade deadline and the MLB draft. Joining us now to tell us more about uh, the shifts on both lists, he is our friend Jim Callis. He's with us now here on GCR. Jim, it's Glenn. It's good to catch up. Thank you as always for taking the time, my friends. Yeah, always, always, always glad to help out. Always. Usually keep me on my toes, so I'm all, I'm all good. Well, let's let's come right at it. What the hell, man? Gunnar Henderson, number two. What, what, what? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I'm not. I'm really not worked up about this. What? I guess let me go the other way. How has Gunnar Henderson become this guy? Someone who wasn't drafted number one overall, like an Adley Rutschman was. What has allowed Gunnar Henderson to vault all the way up to this point, where he's even in the argument as the best prospect in all of baseball? Yeah, and you know, and we've talked about Gunner a few times over the years. I mean, I remember going back to 2019, and obviously the focus was on uh, Adley Rutschman. And I remember saying, you know, watch, you know, and again, I'm not claiming I thought Gunner Henderson was going to be this good, but I said, you know, watch Gunner Henderson. We had him ranked as a, a late first round talent. He's an underrated athlete, and we think he can really hit. You know, my question was, you know, is he going to be a short, you know, like, like right. you ask about a lot of these guys, is he a shortstop? Is he a third baseman? He's going to be a bigger guy. You know, he's kind of split time between two positions, but I, I just think this is a case where, you know, the, the scouting reports on him were pretty accurate about the, the hitting ability and athleticism. And I, and I think that the thing that, and I think we talked about him earlier in the year too, that that's made the biggest impression was, you know, last year he, you know, he kind of broke out and he didn't get to play in 2020. So he's under the radar. You know, last year he breaks out and you know, he, he crushes, low A, and he gets to high A, and it, and it wasn't a bad year at all for a 20-year-old, but he hit 230. He struck out a decent amount, and you're like, okay, there's adjustments to make. <laughs> and then he comes out this year, you know, very young for double A, 
and just rakes and walks more than he strikes out and then goes up to triple A and hasn't controlled the strike zone that, you know, as well where he's walking more than striking out, but he's controlled it well. And he's raked in triple A at 21 year old. He's about five years older than your typical triple A guy. And, uh, you know, I just think it's a case where the guy had a lot of talent and he's gotten better every year, I guess is the simple answer. And, and I know you weren't giving me a hard time, but I'll just, I'll throw this out there for all the <laughs> Orioles fans listening. The, the top three prospects we have right now are Francisco Alvarez, who's a Mets catcher, Gunner, and then um, uh, Corbin Carroll. Corbin yeah. Carroll, yeah, Ron Blank, Diamondbacks outfielder. And, and I liken it to the beginning of the season when I, and I, I will say, I'm not trying to curry favor in Baltimore. I, I voted Rutschman number one in the preseason, and we wound up as a group going with Bobby Witt Jr., and Julio Rodriguez was in the mix, and it was kind of a matter of taste. And I voted Francisco Alvarez number one now because of the positional value of catcher, and I think he's got the best power of that group. That said, I think you can easily make a case for Gunner because I think he's the best all-around hitter of those three guys. And I think you could also make a case for Corbin Carroll, who probably has the best all-around tools of those three guys. So it's it's very similar to the beginning of the season where, you know, and I think we've talked about this with, with everybody's prospect list. There's no, like, it's very rare you have a slam dunk like, like oh like like here's the guy he's, right. he's clearly the number one prospect. It's more like okay here's a couple candidates and 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 what's your matter of taste. So I, I guess at least I've been consistent. I've gone catcher with both of my last two votes. Well, so. as it turns out, Adley Rutschman's the greatest player in baseball history. So that one worked out okay for us. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. We're well, up- I mean, it's funny that. It's funny. I was going to say, I, mean, I know you guys are enjoying Adley and the Orioles are in the playoff hunt. And I mean, I, I thought they'd get better. And I, and I think I've even said, you know, the teams with the, with the, with the best farm systems in baseball, the really elite farm systems tend to contend a year or two earlier than people expect. Like they sneak up on you. And I didn't think Adley was going to have, I, I didn't think that the team was going to turn around like the day Adley walked in the door, but I mean, you can make a case right now, I think, that, that Adley's the best catcher in baseball already. He, he's going to be special. All right, so let me ask you about Gunner. You know, you bring up the, the eternal question about his position. There's this interesting thing that's occurred this season where suddenly we, we're looking at Jorge Mateo and wondering, like, it, is this guy the real deal? Is this guy the guy that a lot of people thought he was a couple years ago? And he's playing the position at a level that is absurd. Um, and now the bats come around a little bit. And we've been having a conversation about, do you, do you, are you forced to say, no, Jorge Mateo is our shortstop moving forward? Or is part of the conversation, is Gunnar Henderson so good that you have to make your decisions based around him and not around Jorge Mateo? Like, Gunnar Henderson, is this team shortstop moving forward? You shouldn't screw with this and put him at third base and move it and worry about what anybody else is doing how good is Gunnar Henderson as far as being a shortstop is concerned? I think he's, I'll put it this way. I think Gunnar could play shortstop. I think, you know, in your dream world where you have like the best of everything at every position, you, you probably have a better defensive shortstop and Gunnar plays third. Does that make sense? Yep. Like, I, I think he 100%. could play an average shortstop. I think he could play an average-ish shortstop, but I think you want a better than average defender at shortstop. Now, the thing is, if Gunner's playing an average shortstop, he's giving you, you know, theoretically, you know, lights out production for a shortstop. So he's still an all-star caliber player. But, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, just looking at the Orioles, I have a hard time thinking <laughs> that Michael Elias is going to want his shortstop, no matter how good he is defensively, to have a 280 on base percentage. And his third baseman has a 286 on base percentage right now. Like, I think it's a case where when Gunner comes up, 
and I don't, I mean, maybe it's this year, maybe it's next year. You know, Gunner's going to play every day, and, you know, it, it probably comes down to, you know, what the need is when they first call him up. I mean, if you were to call him up today, since you're not really getting a ton of offensive production out of Mateo or, or Urias, I'd probably play Mateo at short because I think he's got more range and quickness than Gunner and play Gunner at third. Yeah. But if, you know, Mateo went into a tailspin, and didn't you know his numbers went down further offensively? Right. Then I'd you know I, yeah I'd play Gunner at short. It'll it'll be interesting. I mean he is athletic, but like I said, I, I think I think he's an average shortstop. I think he's a capable shortstop. I think you know when you're you know when you're drawing it up in your head, you kind of always want like a plus defender at shortstop. So um, you know I, I think it'll just depend. You know it'll be interesting. I mean I know Mike has said they're going to be you know the, the purse strings will be open yep. this off season. Yep. And, you know, there'll be some shortstops on the market. And I'm not saying, oh, they're going to go out and get Carlos Correa or whoever, but, or Trey Turner. Right, yeah, we, Trey Turner yeah, we, we're shooting that, higher. Yeah, we're, shooting for, we're shooting for Trey Turner here. We, Trey Turner and, yeah, Aaron there you Ju- go. and Aaron Judge. Just a nice, reasonable offseason is what we're looking for in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know how, how high they're, they're going to spin, but I mean, that obviously is a big part of it, too. Like, let's say this, this dream world we're in, they, they go out and they get Trey Turner. Well, then Gunnar Henderson's the third baseman. We've right. answered the question. Right, right. So, right. No um, but but I think it's, it's, it's nice. I mean, the thing that's nice is, again, I think long-term, you know, probably by time he's 27 or 28, he'll probably kick over to third base. But, you know, in the short term, if, if you need him to play shortstop, he could do that. He is Jim Callis, MLB.com, MLBpipeline.com. He's with us here on GCR. Um, Jim, I, I feel like the concerning thing for Orioles fans on your list is where D.L. Hall finds himself at this point. And I think there's a broader question that's being asked by a lot of people right now. And I think that we all know D.L. Hall is going to be given the opportunity next season to move into the Orioles starting rotation and try to show that he can get control and command his unbelievable talent. But I feel like the whispers are getting louder and louder about ultimately whether or not D.L. Hall really is a reliever and really is a guy with an electric arm out of the bullpen. And some have compared it to Josh Hader, perhaps. Um, Where are you with D.L. Hall as far as comfort that he can be a quality major league starter versus maybe more and more concerned that he really is a relief arm? I'm, uh, well, we've talked about this before, and I think I always preface this by saying I feel like I'm the low man on D.L. Hall. Great arm talent, like a definite big leaguer. I think he's got, you know, he's got some of the best left-hand stuff in the minors. I I just, I am extremely skeptical he's a starter. I mean, you look at his career in the minors, he's averaged 5.1 walks per nine innings. Oh, is he making progress? No, he's at 5.2 this year. He's mm-hmm. never really thrown a lot of strikes uh, at all. Uh, you know, I think his best walk rate is four per nine innings, and that was back in 2018. What's his track record of staying healthy for a full minor league season? Not real good. Like, there's always, like, a nick or something. Like, he's never pitched more than 94 innings in a season, and that was back in 2018 again. Um, you know, this year – uh, you know, you know, it was, he had a nice dominant stretch there for a little bit at AAA. But, I mean, you look at the AAA numbers, 4.76 ERA, 5.7 walks per nine innings. He's getting hit a lot more this year. Now, granted, he's at the upper levels. He's young. But he's getting hit a lot harder than he ever has been in his career. In the past, he walked guys, but he didn't give up many hits. This year, he's given up hits. I just – now I sound like I'm just crushing poor D.L. Hall. I, I like the arm talent. 
I've just, I, I, I felt this way for a couple of years. I, I just, I'm, I mean, look, you have to see if he can start. And, and I would, you know, it's getting a little dicier now because the team's good all of a sudden. You, you, you can't just say, hey, DL, DL, here, here's 16 starts. Show us what you can do right. because you're, you're trying to win now. Like, but no, in my mind, I mean, you have to try him as a starter and they will. But I, I, I feel like I've been the low man. I, I know when we are putting top 100 lists together, I'm usually the guy. Well, no, I, I shouldn't even say usually. I am the guy who votes DL Hall the lowest on those lists. Hmm. I, I think it's an extremely talented arm, but I, I just I haven't seen any consistency of starting. And, and yes, he lost a year to the pandemic. The guy was drafted in 2017. This, this is his sixth year in pro ball, and there's not really a whole lot of evidence after six years, five if you want to just throw out the lost pandemic year, although you know, he was doing some development stuff. You know, after five seasons of play, where's the evidence that he can be a consistent starter? I mean, it, I don't think it's there at all. I, look, I, I can't argue with you. I mean, I know there was the story that you know, he was tipping pitches, and when when that apparently got corrected, the next couple of starts he made, he looked unhittable. And then after those couple of starts... But if you're tipping pitches, yeah. if you're tipping pitches like, it's not like the umpire's going... Oh, he's tipping pitches. I'm going to call that a ball. I mean, he's. I mean, and again, right. I, I'm not sitting here trying to beat no, no, Dale Hall because he is it. extremely talented. But he's never. There's never been like a, a two month stretch yep. where you've been like, oh god, he's untouchable, or he's yep. pounding the strike zone. And and this year, I think. I mean, we've seen. It, 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 I mean, this might be a little oversimplistic, but when you can't locate your pitches well and you start facing double AA, A, triple A big league hitters. Not only are you going to be walking guys, but when you make mistakes over the, the over the plate, they're going to get hit. And I just, I, I, again, I mean, I might be wrong. You guys can turn it around, but like we aren't talking about a guy who was drafted in 2019. We're, we're talking about a guy who was drafted in 2017, and he's never had that two month stretch where you're like, oh, okay, now it's on. Now he's doing it. Now he's pounding the strike zone. That just hasn't happened. So I like if you're asking me today. I think he's a reliever. I mean, he misses a ton of bats, and he might be a hater-like closer. I mean, obviously, it's it's more that 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 unbelievable curve versus hater sweeping slider. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the way he can miss bats, if he can, you know, get a little bit more precision, you know, the stuff with theoretically play up in shorter stints, you know, maybe he is that that closer of the future in Baltimore. All right, which which again sounds good, but would still be a disappointment based on the expectations that have existed, and frankly, the the kind of lack of depth. With that in mind, Jim, the Orioles did acquire a bunch of pitchers at the deadline with the two moves they made. What exactly? I know they're all kind of bunched up in your guys' rankings between ten and fifteen now in the Orioles system. But what exactly did they get in Seth Johnson and Chase McDermott and Cade Povich? Are these guys that are going to be starters at the major league level? They have a chance, and then we've talked about this for years. I mean, obviously, the strength of the system has been position players over pitchers for the most part. I mean, Grayson Rodriguez notwithstanding. But but what you need to do with pitchers, because of the attrition and because it's hard to project exactly how they're going to develop, I think it's a lot harder than hitters, you just need to get them in bulk. You know, I, I use this express. I mean, Paul Snyder, the great scout with the Braves who helped build their, their team into a championship team, he always used to have an expression that said basically – you needed 10 pitching prospects to find two pitchers. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, you just need to kind of compile, you know, grab a bunch of them. And, you know, Seth Johnson, I think, has the ability to start. I mean, obviously, I mean, and they knew when they got him that he needed Tommy John surgery. But, I mean, he's a guy who, frankly, has only really been pitching since 2018. He's a, a Juco shortstop turned pitcher. 
became a supplemental first round pick after his first full year as a pitcher. You know, it's a big fastball. It's a swing and a slider. There's athleticism. He throws enough strikes. He could be, you know, McDermott's a super interesting guy. I, I did our, our Astros prospects list. So he was one of my guys before they traded him. And he's a guy who, you know, Ball State has kind of very quietly produced a lot of pitchers uh, recently, a lot of high draft picks. And, I mean, he's a guy who's, you know, mid-90s fastball, you know, the slider and curveball can both be solid to plus pitches. He needs a little bit of refinement. He didn't pitch a ton in college, but he's pretty good. And, and then Kate Povich is kind of the, the polished lefty with kind of averageish stuff, good changeup, throw strikes. You know, he's that higher floor, lower ceiling type of guy where you feel good that he's a starter, but it's probably more of a four or five. And, you know, if it all comes together, maybe, you know, you know, Johnston is a, a two or three and McDermott's a three or four and Povich is more a four or five. Well, but given the utter lack of depth they have, they, I mean, they have to do this type of stuff. Like, again, I say half. No, no, it's good. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, I know it was kind of this weird yes. situation where, hey, they're contending. Why yeah. are they trading these guys? But they got, some, they got some good arms. And, again, I think they've done a really nice job. Um, uh, you know, Michael Ives and company have done a nice job of, of not, you know, blowing up this year's team. But at the same point, I, I, like, they, look, they may get a wild card this year. They may not. I think the eye is still on the future. And I think those moves in the long term probably make the Orioles a better long term team. I mean, I know it stinks to lose to lose Lopez, but 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 honestly, I just the relievers are so volatile. And as good a year as he was having, I would always, unless I'm like a slam dunk, you know, contender, World right. Series or bust, trade. You know, I would sell high on a reliever yep. to get pro- like like you know here in Chicago. The Cubs did that with David Roberts. You know, they, this Scott Efros, David Robertson. Uh, they traded three or four relievers and got potential starting pitchers. I, I would do those kinds of moves every time. Um, I, I, I was, I was honestly, I was more okay with that when the Mancini thing is just emotional here. You know, like it's just, it's hard to no, have. I, a, I, I know, but I mean. I mean, I think it probably makes yes, sense. I think, but they, it's I think they did better. I think they did better than I thought they could do, frankly. And I know that they had. I, the- I mean, they got they, they got two potential starting pitchers right. with good arms. And then the thing that's nice is, let's say Johnson and McDermott don't work out as starting pitchers. They both have big time stuff to where, like, you could at least say, okay, well, maybe that guy's not a starter. Maybe that guy winds up being a really good reliever too. So, like, I mean, look, I, I get that one. I mean, that that one was going to be tough. Everybody knew it was probably coming, and it was still going to be tough. But I, I thought that was a good. Tra- I mean, I thought they got. I've always like Seth Johnson was one of my draft guys because I do North Carolina, and he was a Campbell, and Chase McDermott was one of my Astros guys, and I also do the Indiana for the draft. So I had Ball State, and when the trade was announced, I knew. I mean, I knew everybody knew Johnson needed Tom John. I was like, wow, that's like <laughs> that's a pretty good trade for Baltimore. Yeah. So, yep. um, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, regardless of whether they make the playoffs this year. Like this year's been, I think, more fun than anybody could have expected. Adley has been everything he was supposed to be, and yep. like, here's the thing on that. Like, one, I mean, I, I've told you. I mean, I, I've, I've thrown out the Mark to share. The Mark to share is a Gold Glove catcher comp that I got, and I've been mis- you know high on Adley like everybody else has been. But I will say this: not only is his talent rare, I, I think he's the best catching prospect to come out of the draft in three years. I've been covering it. It's also very rare to see a guy go into the big leagues and make that kind of impact immediately. So that, if it's, you know, that makes you feel, I think, 
even better. I mean, you know, Bobby Witt had some ups and downs, and Julio Rodriguez had some ups and downs, and, and Adley, even coming off an injury, just came in and, and yeah, I know he got off to a slow start for eight games, but I mean, he was pretty much good, you know, two weeks into his big league career. And so, I mean, that's, it's exciting. I mean, I would be very excited to be an Orioles fan right now. I, and I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And we have literally watched this kid become a superstar right in front of our eyes. And it's, it's a special thing. It's, it's, it's give, it gives you goosebumps when you watch him play because you know exactly what you're watching. It's a, it's really. And he has great makeup too. I mean, he's, he's an unbelievable makeup. I mean, you're there on the scene and, and I'm not, but I mean, if he's not already the face of the franchise, I mean, yep. Yep. Uh, he, he's going to be very soon. Yep. And I mean, he's not going to be Mr. You know, snappy quote, but I mean, I, I just think there's leadership skills there. I, I think he gets it. I think he understands it. Um, super nice kid. Like, I'm getting all excited just talking about right. it. We're yeah, with all of it. I mean, we're, we're, when he runs yeah. up and hugs guys when the game is over and, him meeting him at the mound at the, at the end of an inning and walking off the field with a. I mean, we're enamored with all of it. All of it. We're, I mean, I mean, we're just in love. It's. Well, we'll, we'll throw, I'll throw. I'll throw some more hyperbole. I mean, he's probably going to be the most beloved Oriole since Cal Ripken Jr. Shoot. I mean, that's. Shoot. No, I mean, I, I think he's going to be that type of makeup. And you know, I'm not. I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame yet. But right. if, if you made me bet, like, hey, Jim, is he going to the Hall of Fame or not? Yes or no. I would say yes. I wow. mean, I know that's crazy to say. Wow. But, well, I mean, if, if, if we have the binary answer, I hear I'll you. say yes, because I just I don't you. think there's catches and like that. But I just think the makeup and the character and the talent, I, I think he could, you know, he's not going to play in 2,100 straight games behind the plate. <laughs> but, like, I think he's going to be the most beloved Oriole since Cal Ripken Jr. And I don't know if Cal can ever be topped. So, I mean... Right, and to be fair, like yeah. it's not as if they've had a ton of beloved guys since then. But Adam Jones was pretty True. beloved in this city, right? Like he was, he was yeah. truly a serious figure. And to your point, if Adley Rutschman is this good, yeah, he will be that beloved. Uh, Jim Callis, whenever we do this, I think I could do this for another twenty minutes, but that's not fair to you. I'm all I'm not... excited now. I could talk Adley for twenty <laughs> more minutes. I'm all, I'm all excited now too. And like, I, and I'll throw this at you. We haven't done our farm system rankings yet. We're working on them. They'll be out this. I mean, next week. But, I mean, I think everybody else has had the Orioles number one, and I think we're going to have the Orioles number one. And I'll just throw out that to be the number one farm system, after you've graduated, somebody like Adley Rutschman to the big leagues, that's pretty impressive as well. And, and we didn't even talk about that's Jackson Holiday. Jackson Holiday is going to be really good, too. Uh, we like all of this. And he's, like... your short, he, 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 he's your right. shortstop, Glenn. I mean, right. you know, four or five years down the road, I think Jackson Holiday is a little bit more quicker and athletic. So he would be your shortstop, maybe. Um, although I don't know that Jackson's a sixty shortstop, so so who knows? But like, if we're looking down the road, you know, you pro- you're probably are putting Gunner at third and, and Jackson. Could, at short. could he rise as quickly as Bobby Witt did? He could. He could because I actually think he's more polished as a hitter than Witt was coming out of high school. Okay. I mean, again, I mean, I'm, I sound like Mister Hyperbole here, but like we're talking about exciting players. Um, if you if you compare Jackson Holiday to Bobby Witt coming out of high school, I think Bobby's a little bit more athletic. He's quicker. The arm's stronger. Um, he probably had more power. Like we're talking half grades. We're not you know not huge difference in, in power. But I think Jackson was a more polished hitter. Like like Bobby swung and missed some on the high school circuit, which Jackson did last year when he was trying to do too much. But he really tightened it up. And I just think, I mean, yeah, Jackson Holiday is one of those elite type high school players who you know might be ready for the big leagues by the time he's twenty one years old. 
We, again, could do it for another hour. At Jim Callis, MLB <laughs> on Twitter. I'm all excited. I'm, I'm I, excited talking about these guys. Dude, I, this is why I love our segments, my friend. This is why it means I should probably pay you for the number of segments that you've done. For it's, I, This is a promise. <laughs> At some point, when you, when you for whatever reason, end up in town, I'm taking you out. We're getting you some crab cakes. We're doing whatever we do. This is a promise. You have been so good and so giving over the years. I owe you, all right? So, so at well, some I, point. I appreciate that, going. And I was going to say, too, I mean, the thing that's funny about doing your show is you ask good questions, like especially like leading up to the draft, because it seems like most years the Orioles have had a top five pick for, yeah. what, four or five years in yep. a row. And you'll ask questions, and you'll really put guys in perspective, like, so are you saying this, or how does it, you know, it's, like you, you make me think, so I always enjoy our conversations. So it, it's no problem at all. I, I really enjoy it. Truly appreciate you, sir. Thanks, Jim. We'll talk soon. Great, Jim. Okay, Cowles. take care, going. Love that guy, man. Love that guy. He's a he's a sixty as, as a guest. He's a seventy as a guest. He's the best. Always appreciate that. And um, yeah, I'm not really worked up about Gunner being number one or number two. And I'm really not. I can't. How could you? How does that get you worked up? Somebody's number one or number two in the list. What they're telling you is they think they think the world of that person. This isn't like you know uh, Lamar Jackson being lower on the list, and then there being a defensive coordinator that says you know twelve MVPs he stinks. You know, like this is not that. This is them saying Gunnar Henderson is a sure thing. Gunnar Henderson, who was not a top five pick in the draft, is a sure thing to be a high level major league baseball player. It can't be anything but good news. Now the DL Hall thing, yeah. the evidence is building. I know uh, Stan will be in here tomorrow, and Stan's been talking about this for a while. And there are more and more and more and more people that are lining up with not the answer. And maybe it goes back to the conversation we had yesterday in Would You Rather Wednesday about whether you – you know, go all pitching or try to add a bat too. Like in doing our mental math for what this looks like next year, we have kept putting DL Hall into the equation. And are we making an immediate mistake? It's one thing to say, hey, DL Hall might not become that guy down the road, but there is there a chance that at a time where you're trying to, you know, as Michael Elias describes it as liftoff, you're trying to take that next step that you're hurting yourself, you're neutering yourself in the process because you're relying on D.L. Hall and ultimately he's not the guy. Look, they've got to give D.L. Hall a chance to start. That has to happen. The good news is, for even though we think all of these guys have pitched above their heads, tell me how many guys that are currently in the rotation that you say need to be in the rotation again next year. I mean, if I guess if Kramer were to keep pitching like like this, I mean, I, that becomes the, I guess the, I have to revisit this at the end of the year. Kramer would be a guy that if he were to keep pitching like this, you'd probably say he needs to get a shot at being back in the rotation next year. Spencer Watkins? Nope. Austin Voth? As good as he was yesterday? No. No. Jordan Miles is going to be here, so you kind of say, like, you might as well leave him in the rotation, but the, the question maybe becomes, can you do better than Jordan Lyles. And Kyle Bradish, you you want him to be that guy, but you've yet to see evidence that he he is. So you you know there are two guys that are in depends on in the rotation. A healthy John Means, a healthy Grayson Rodriguez will be in the rotation next year. 
So you're filling that out for five. We've counted on D.L. Hall being one of those guys. If you're putting Jordan Lyles in for another year just because he's here, all of a sudden you're nearly filling a rotation. And now we're talking about, like, do you want to give Dean Kramer another shot? Do you want to, like, you want Kyle Bradish to get more of an opportunity. You just haven't seen it. I wonder... I wonder if at some point the Orioles have to have the conversation. And what's really interesting is if Dean Kramer comes up and pitches well out of a, a relief role. If when they bring him back up in an, a couple of weeks, he's a really helpful piece out of the bullpen. I just wonder what that makes them think about. I, I still don't believe that he's not in the rotation, that he's not given the opportunity. But as you're trying to win, to Jim Callis's point... You would have been better off doing that this year with D.L. Hall, right? Like when you weren't necessarily trying to win. When you could kind of afford to experiment and end up being wrong. Now, it might be tough. If you have expectations next season and you're you're purposely trying to win, you might end up being disappointed. I hope that's not the case. I hope D.L. Hall figures it out. I hope he becomes a high-level starting pitcher. But boy... I can't shake how many people are kind of lining up with the idea that he's not. And again, to their point, the numbers overall say he isn't. The tipping pitches thing might explain why he was getting hit a little bit, but it doesn't explain why he still can't find the zone. And for a couple of starts after that, again, he looked unbelievable. But that was all of a couple starts. They got to sign a pitcher. They got to spend money, specifically on a starting pitcher. Got to happen. All right. Hour number two of today's program is brought to you by Swagger. How'd you do? Bad. Had a <laughs> maybe I shouldn't ask. I know. Goldschmidt. I hey, Goldschmidt's my guy now. I mean, he. Yeah. He he once again had two total bases plus. Uh, who was the other guy? I I went two for five. I went. I went with five picks. Mountcastle Look, went he, over again. Vladdy, Vladdy didn't help me out. He did Vladdy? Yeah. I mean, the whole Blue Jays offense came alive in the seventh inning, except for Vladdy. Um, who else did I have? Oh, I had Scherzer to allow less than three earned runs. So he was cruising through. I think what six or seven, and then I guess they left him out there too long, and that then uh, Atlanta started coming back, and he ended up letting up four runs. Scherzer did. So that one hurt. Uh, I forget who. And then, oh, Francisco Lindor also had two two total bases. So he hit for me. Lindor and, uh, and Goldschmidt were those my only your, two hits. Those are two yeah. clicks. Yikes. Well, was, uh, well. It's a new day. That's true. And a new opportunity to play a ticket with Swagger. And the good news is you don't have to use your money. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. Go right now and get signed up. You get $10 free. And then they match your first $100. Up to one hundred dollars. So let me make this sure I say that correctly. They, your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. So if you deposit forty three dollars, they're going to match forty three dollars. If you deposit sixty nine dollars, they're going to match sixty nine. If you deposit seven hundred dollars, they're going to match one hundred because the number is one hundred. They cut off at one hundred. But that's on top of the ten dollars you already got free. So you can get up to one hundred ten dollars free. And if you start winning. You might never play with your own money. You can't bet on your phone or on your computer yet in Maryland. It's infuriating. I'm sorry. I wish they could get it fixed. It bothers me. But it ain't fixed yet. It's what it is. So instead, feel like you're betting when you play Swagger. Use that free money. And you don't have to win them all. You got to do better than Griffin did. Still. 
still have to do better than I, Griffin. I mean, you did. can only do better than me. That's true. <laughs> it's true. You got to you play these player props, and you don't have to. Griffin plays. Now, is that Action X that you're playing? I did. So I had been doing the Pick X, which was like the three options. So yesterday I, I was like, oh, maybe it's because I keep dealing with the, the Pick X. So I went Action X, and I still uh, I still feel Boy, miserably. It's not great. <laughs> not a great sign. All right. You're going to do better than Griffin. That's my prompt. That's I mean, a prompt you have, to, that do. I, you have, you have to. to do better than Griffin. Um, you're playing player props. You're playing parlays. And unlike when you bet, you don't have to hit every leg of your parlay. You can go three for five. You could go four for six. You could go seven for ten. If you've got the right points, you're going to be a winner. It's a point system. You can find out more. Again, playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. Kobe Mayo is uh, one of the top ten prospects in the Orioles system. He's with the Bowie Bay Sox. He's going to join us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Visit Howard County presents the 2022 Major League Quidditch Championship, a Harry Potter-inspired, real-life, full-contact, mixed-gender, 12-team Quidditch tournament happening at Troy Park in Elkridge, August 20th through the 22nd. For tickets and more information, go to visithowardcounty.com. Maryland, be open for it. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at press box sports Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, Flash Fried Pork Belly, with their popular Korean number no. 2 sauce. And try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com glory days grill great food good sports make the most out of every day in your toyota rav4 available in hybrid or gas only models a rav4 can get you where you want to go in style check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new rav4s from your local toyota dealer today 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. And we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of demos, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants. Like me. Right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Back in here on GCR, let me cover two things real quick before Kobe Mayo joins us. One, I know it's Twitter. I know Twitter's not real, except, you know, unfortunately, Twitter's probably more real than real is anymore. Um, we're getting our panties in a bunch about this this interview that um, Jonathan Jones from CBS did with Lamar Jackson. It, it was awkward. It was strange. I, I don't know, like, where it came from that Jonathan Jones was told, hey, you know what's really weird is that Lamar doesn't even love working out, like, and so he decided to... I don't know what that's all about. I don't really know if maybe afterwards Lamar Jackson didn't say, like, yeah, you're right. I, I don't know. It's weird. But we're... We're getting so worked up about it when, if anything, it's just innocuous. It's irrelevant. The internet dunk on culture is is wildly out of control. This is nothing. Who cares? I, and if, if, uh, can you pull it up if people haven't seen? Just search. It's it's not that hard. If people haven't seen it, you know we can we can find it very quickly. I think everybody on the planet has shared it today. Um, it's, it's, it's a weird, innocuous interaction. And like everybody else, I don't even know where it went from there because I didn't watch the rest of the interview. And maybe afterwards, Lamar gave a really thoughtful answer about, you know, like, look, Hey, growing up, I wasn't the biggest where I don't know. I don't know. I just know it ain't worth it. We're, we're bored because there aren't games being played. This stuff doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't. It, have you really not found it? I, for God's sakes, I will send it to you. Give me two seconds. I will get it to you. Um, I'm I'm in the midst of a. By the way, John from John from Little Rock says never schedule a draft on the holiday weekend. No, 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 no. It's the point of the holiday. It's the point of the holiday. Go to the beach Memorial Day weekend. Labor Day weekend is for fantasy drafts. That's when you do them. You found it? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Well, I hope. I see you're getting a little bigger, getting a little, getting a little yeah. thicker, a little muscular. Yeah. I hear that you don't like working out, though. Tell me about that. Who said that? Uh, sources. What sources? <laughs> I don't know about that. I had to do something to get this size, you know? I see you. Say, but there's nothing offensive there. <laughs> nothing at all. Is it weird? Is it a little uncomfortable? Yes. There's nothing offensive. For whatever reason, somebody told Jonathan Jones that. Now, maybe they told him that to be a jerk. Maybe it was somebody that has no idea what they're talking about. Somebody told Jonathan Jones that. But it's not the end of the world. Dude's going around to every training camp, and he's trying to get some sort of tidbit from somebody. Hey, what's uh, how can I have some fun and get Lamar Jackson to be light with me? Hey, you know, mention it's, it's weird, you know, like Lamar's doing all this work. But the funny thing is he doesn't actually love doing that. He'd rather be out running than be in the gym uh, lifting weights. And I have no idea if that's true or not. I don't know. And you don't know either because he never actually answered it. He just said, well, I got to do something. Well, that's not what the question was. It's the weird part. That's not what the question was. Now, maybe he's completely wrong. 
But in the end, at best, it's innocuous. It's irrelevant. You're just bored because you don't have a game to talk about. So you want to dunk on something because it feels like it gives you a win. You're just bored. We need football to start. So instead, we obsess over every little thing. Somebody literally still asking me why they released Brett Hundley. What what question is that? Brett Hundley was never going to be on the team. Like, what are we doing here? I think there are still people that have confused Brett Hundley with Tyler Huntley. I think there are still people that have confused those two things, that think that Brett Hundley is Tyler Huntley because their names are similar. And by the way, Tyler Huntley's not good either. He's going to be the backup quarterback on this team, but we saw what happened when he had to play. He's not good. Um, I We're just bored. We're so bored. Oh, they released Brett Hundley. I'm familiar with him. He was Aaron Rodgers' backup once. Yes, now he's not that. There's a reason why he was available to be had three weeks ago and they just need another arm for camp. And I'm not trying to be disparaging to Brett Hundley, who I'm sure is a good guy and is far more athletic than I am and, and, and talented and all those things, but he was never going to make the team. We're just bored because there aren't any games to watch yet. All right. I think I got it all out of my system. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Kobe Mayo didn't deserve that. Uh, Kobe Mayo is a hell of a baseball player. We're very excited about him. It's time for us to make our weekly trip to the Bowie Bay Sox. And joining us now, one of the top prospects in the entire Orioles system, he is Kobe Mayo. He's with us here on GCR. Kobe, it's Glenn. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. I apologize for subjecting you to me losing my mind there for a second. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, we've all got our jobs to do. You, the football season can be frustrating. Dude, I understand. You know what it really is? We just need the games to start. Are you are you like a big football guy? Like are you into playing fantasy football stuff like that? Yeah, I am. Okay. So we just need to get to the games. Because once we get to the games, we can whine and complain about the games themselves. In the meantime, we whine and complain about like dumb, innocuous things that happen in interviews. It's very annoying. Oh, I I agree. I agree. <laughs> um speaking of agreeing, I agree with everything that you've been doing. Um how good does it feel? I, I guess let me just put it this way. You're a couple years into this now. How comfortable are you with the progression that you've made at a young age, getting up to the double-A level, producing the way that you have? Yeah, I mean, that's that was my goal coming into the to, into Pro Bowl. You know, I wanted to be I wanted to be in double-A by the time, um, you know, I was right around here. Or, you know, this, this was a little bit earlier than I thought. Right. I, I think just the work you put in and, you know, this is your job. I mean, you got to take this serious. Like it's every single day, um, in the off season and in season, because you're, you have one goal in mind. You want to get to the, you want to get to the major leagues and help your ball club win the world series. So I think putting the work is the least you can do because everyone, you know, in the Baltimore area is on you to be, you know, this next thing to help your team win, win a world series. So yeah, I'm very happy where I'm at. And, you know, I think it's just, Every time you get moved up, it's like, all right, this is I'm getting a little closer. This is where I really have to work hard. So, yeah, I'm excited. I know, I know. Right now, it's it's been a bit of a slow start since you got up to Bowie, and I know that part of that is just making the adjustment to the next level. What have you learned so far in your taste of that level, and and how comfortable are you that like, okay, I I'm figuring out the adjustments are coming. This is not I I know what I'm supposed to do as as I make this jump. Right, and I think I think every jump you you, you make between 
the FCL to low A to high A to double A to play into the major leagues. I think every jump you're going to have guys who struggle. And if it's not right away, it's going to be somewhere along the first few weeks because, you know, when you get moved up, you're not familiar with the team. You're not familiar with the other teams you're facing. You're in a different atmosphere. Um, but luckily for us, we built a good foundation with, you know, instruction, spring training, with being around everybody. Um, but, yeah, like teams more know, know more about you and, um, they're really going to expose your weakness. They're not going to give you anything that you want, really. Um, but I think that's just all a part of it. And, uh, you know, if, if you didn't struggle at times, like, like you're going to struggle. Like, you're playing 100, 100 games in a season. Like, you're going to do times where you struggle. I think the best players just make out of those struggles a little bit faster than everybody else. And, um, you know, I, I accept it sometimes. But, yeah, I'm going to struggle. Um Gunnar Henderson is going to struggle at times. Jordan Westbrook is going to struggle at times. Like, you know, it's going to happen, and it has happened. So um, you got to just get out of the struggles as, as fast as you can. And, you know, I'm excited for, you know, the rest of the season. Adley Rutschman struggled for a week when he got to the major leagues. Now he might be the greatest player in the history of baseball. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. that's exactly. the way it goes. Kobe Mayo with us here on GCR. Um, it could be the, the, the pressure that comes, you know, your name starts popping up. I, I mentioned earlier, you're, you know, you know, MLB says you're the seventh prospect in the Orioles system. There are other places you've, you've been ranked top 50 prospects in baseball by ESPN. Do, do you feel any of that? Like where there people really are, do you feel like maybe there's a little bit of a microscope, something like that? Does that affect you in any way? Honestly, I, I, I don't feel it or I don't see it. Um, I don't feel any pressure because. I know that I I just got to be my own player. Like I got I got to be my own person when I get into the box, when I get into the field. Um, at the end of the day, um, I expect a lot out of myself, and I know that I'm more hard on myself than other people will be on me because I expect a lot out of myself. So if people are harder on me. Just know I'm even harder on myself. Hmm. Um, hmm. So, and it's not hard in a bad way. It's just you know I know some things that. I need to do, and if I'm not doing it, that I need to do. So, you know, it's it's a little wake up, wake up call. You know, you're struggling. It's like, oh, I gotta figure this out. So, so, so yeah. internally, what are what are what are the things that you say? Hey, here's here's what I still think I need to get better at. I mean, obviously, look, the power was. Everybody says it's hard to hit home runs at Aberdeen. You you were the guy that kind of disproved that theory this season. Um, what are the things internally that when, when you judge yourself, you say, hey, this is where I still need to be working as I continue to progress? I think it's just as a player in, in general. I mean, there's stuff defensively I need to clean up. There's stuff um, mechanically just on the baseball field I need to clean up. You know, um, you know I'm getting exposed to a lot of soft stuff in the box. Um, and I've been doing better with it, but they're still not going to give me, um, you know, what I'm looking for because they, they see the numbers. They know what I do well with, and they know that what I don't do as well with. Um, I think this season, my best uh, off-speed hitting season in my, in my life. I mean, I have maybe half hours off of off-speed pitches, um, but I'm still getting them because they don't want to throw me, you know, what I'm looking for, which is a fastball. Yep. Um, but I'm making those adjustments in the box because, you know, that's, that's what I'm going to get. Um, you know, some days you had to take risks and, and look for else and, you know, sometimes it will reward you and sometimes it won't, but that's baseball. That's why you play every single day. Kobe, you, you reference in the field. Um, how important is it to you? Everybody talks about your bat, right? Like we've known about your bat since the moment you were taken by the Orioles, but 
How important to you is it that you have a position that, that that you say, look, I am more than just a bat, and that I'm not just going to be the guy that gets dumped over to first base or DH when I get to the major leagues. That I'm going to play a position on the field at a high level. That when I get there, they want me there because I bring value to that as well. Right, and I think I think a lot of people just look on the internet and will look at um, what people say and say that I'm not a third baseman or I'm not. I don't move well or I don't do this well, but until you actually come to the field and watch me play, um, then I think that you should, you can judge me off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, people get, people get caught up in, in, uh, in all these reports that people say that have never watched me play that just keep, oh, this person says he doesn't play well. So I'm going to say that, but until you watch me play, um, you know, I, I think I do bring value, um, whether it's at third or whether it's in the outfield, um, you know, my primary position, but like you said, you know, it could be first in the future. It could be right field in the future, but anywhere where I could play to help them win, be in the lineup is obviously my best attribute. But yeah, I, I would love to stick at third, but if it's not, then it is what it is. I get it. Right. Right. You know, obviously it's, it's whatever you said. You're going to do whatever a team asks you to do. <laughs> like, you, right. you know, yeah. you, you want to sure. be there. I completely understand what you're yeah. saying, but I think, in, you know, I, what you're saying makes all the sense of the world that internally it's a sense of pride. Like this is. I am a baseball player. I'm not just a bat. I'm a real, like, all-around baseball player, and I think that means a lot. It is a big week for the Bowie Bay Sox as they are at home. Uh, Tonight is back to the 80s night, plus happy hour before the game with live music, great tunes. And then they have an amazing giveaway this weekend, the Adley Rutschman Maryland flag hat tomorrow night. You're going to want that. Fireworks all weekend. Uh, They're celebrating the Washington Capitals on Saturday. Our buddy Mike Bordick's making an appearance on Sunday. Day. Great events all throughout the weekend. Go to BaySox.com right now to get your tickets. Kobe, when you showed up at Bowie, and I know that you dealt with the injury a little bit, um, you showed up with like maybe the only team in all of organized baseball that's hotter than the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, what was it like sort of being injected at this now at a higher level and a team that's winning and pursuing something? Um, how much did that do to maybe get your juices flowing a little bit? Yeah, that's. I mean, it's awesome to win. No one loves winning more than um, more than we do. Um, it's not just that we want, we want to get better every single day and we're all trying to get better and we're winning because of it. Like we want to get better. We're pushing each other and we're winning because of it. You know, I started in Aberdeen and we had the best record in all of minor leagues. We clinched the playoffs before any other team did. And then I get to Bowie and we have the best start of the second half and we have the best record. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's great. I think this, group we have knows how to win because we all want to get better and we all play so well together um so it's great being a part of winning teams and you know that's what that's what we're gonna do in the future i was gonna say do you feel any of that from the top down like does does what's happening in baltimore register with you guys does it matter to you guys like hey dude there there really is something truly special brewing here we look like we might have the opportunity to all be a part. Like if, if we keep grinding, we could be part of a world series champion at some point when we get to Baltimore. Oh yeah. We, we definitely know that we're, we're, we watch every game. Like we have the TV in the clubhouse and yesterday they played during the day. Um, I think on Tuesday they played during Toronto and we, we watch the games like all the time. Like if they're on, it's on and we're watching and we're, you know, obviously rooting hard for them because this is our team. This is our future. Yeah, we could be a part of this team, 
next year or in two years, like before you know it, because you just you just never know nowadays with with just working. You just you just see stuff around the league and you're like, wow, like this this is happening to this person. He's a contender. You know, it's, it's it's crazy. So we're we see it happening, and it, it gives us that the little spark to to keep going because they're winning after you know everyone doubting them. Then then why can't why can't we go and and win a run this year? No doubt, man. No doubt. That's I, I like the sounds of it. All right, uh, I want to do two things before we let you go. Kobe Mayo with us on GCR. One, one of the things that I've loved the most over the years is how guys in the system like to gas each other up. So. Give me somebody that maybe doesn't get as much love, that doesn't get as much hype, that you say, you guys should be paying attention to this dude too. You guys should be seeing what this guy is doing because this guy is a ball player. This guy's going to get there. He's special. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how, how much of a hot take this is, but, I mean, Connor Norby. I yeah, mean, he, is, he can mash, he is more, right? He has he more homers than I do. I yeah. Mean, people talk about my power, but the kid has more homers than I do, and he's about six. Six seven inches smaller than me. Um, <laughs> he's a, he's a ball player. I mean, he's a he's a great kid, great teammate. Um, he wants to get better every day. He's always working on stuff. Um, I think he just gets flown under the radar a little bit. But I'll let you know he's not going to beat me in the home runs. <laughs> and by the way, his <laughs> like his power came more like as he got to the double A level, right? Like, yeah, he, I yeah. mean, you just figure you figure some things out with the swing and um, instead of those line outs he was getting, yep, transferring those into home runs. So. No doubt. Um, trying yeah. to gas him up a little bit. He's my roommate. So. Uh, it's cool. I, I saw you guys were hanging out at Jimmy's not that long ago. I, I, I did yeah, see yeah, that yeah. picture, which is a cool thing. By the way, what's your go-to when you're at Jimmy's? Oh, the, I wanted to have my parents. I got some sushi. Dude. But it, sushi's really good, and then I got the seafood combination. Okay. And then we got the calamari. The calamari is amazing. Best okay. calamari I've ever had. Okay, yeah. so this is the problem because like they, they never really advertise their sushi because like I get it. Like people associate sushi with like strip malls or whatever. Dude, when I right. get I, we, my wife and I will order sushi at Jimmy's. We'll finish the like the roll and I'll have dinner coming and I'll be like I kind of would prefer to just have more sushi. Like it's yeah. that insanely good. The sushi rolls. Or I, the, or I can just have the one pound crab cake. Right? Well, yeah, good. I mean you'd be okay. <laughs> you'd be all the crab cake, right. That crab cake is. It's nuts. That crab cake, something else. And then uh, give me, give me Monday. Give me like you get an off day or maybe Tuesday when you gotten back from a trip and you have a few hours. Um, what what do things look like? I know you said Connor's your roommate. What do you guys do? You, like, are you hanging out? Are you playing golf? Like, give give me what life looks like for Kobe when you get a couple minutes away to, from baseball. Um, I think a little bit earlier in the season we did go to we did go to DC. Um, we did do stuff in DC. But honestly, usually it's wake up at eleven, eleven thirty, uh, make some breakfast, and then just play some video games. What's, what's the, what, like, what are you playing? Uh, NHL, Fall Guys. I used to be a big Fortnite guy, um, but the game's kind of fallen off a little bit. Yeah, I get it. Have, I play everything. What, I, I what play is, everything. What is the longest? So maybe we have to go to the off season for this. What's the longest consecutive time you think you ever played Fortnite or Fall Guys or, or any like that you looked over and you're like, oh my god, I sat down at six o'clock and it's one in the morning now. Like, what's the longest you think you've ever played consecutively? Oh, six to one in the morning. I do that all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably when I get back from a workout and it's like twelve o'clock, one o'clock, and you know, I I play for probably like three, four hours, and then I take a little dinner, lunch, dinner break, and then I go back and play till one. So, I mean, 
for for a while, but I take some breaks in between. I should be a streamer for how much I play. Right? Like seriously, get some sponsors, man. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> I, know. I should put put this out for me. Uh, we will work on it. We will work on that. Who <laughs> wants to sponsor Kobe Mayo's Twitch? We're gonna put this together so that you can get on that. Uh, at Kobe Mayo X on Twitter, and then remind me where you at on Instagram. Uh, Kobe M V Y O underscore. Very good. Give him a follow there. Kobe, really appreciate it, man. I uh, have enjoyed our conversations with you. Really enjoying watching you mash the ball. We can't wait to see what's next. Thank you, as always, for taking the time for us. Look forward to doing it again, all right? Appreciate you. Kobe Mayo, uh, one of the top prospects in the Orioles system. Enjoy our conversations with him. Thank him for taking the time for us. Hey, uh, coming up a little bit later on this afternoon, Stan the Fan Charles, Gary Stein. They're going to welcome Maryland football coach Mike Loxley to Facebook Live. That's coming up at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Stan the Fan, Gary Stein, previewing Maryland football season with Mike Loxley, 4 p.m., facebook.com slash Sports is how you can watch it. If you missed it earlier in the week, Stan and Ross Grimsley caught up with uh, Ken Guthrie, who was the scout most responsible for Jackson Holiday, uh, becoming the Orioles' number one overall pick in the draft. So uh, if you missed that, find it, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, pressboxonline.com slash video, youtube.com slash pressboxonline. And again, Mike Loxley coming up today at 4 o'clock. All right, Tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you by our friends at Glory Days Grill. Boy, I keep thinking about the smoky thigh wings with that number two sauce. That number two sauce I don't know why they haven't started selling it in bottles yet. Like, I, I'm i telling you, I took the vegetables that they give you with the wings, the celery and the carrots, and I just ran them through the leftover number two sauce from my wings that was still on the plate. And, oh, God. Health? Who cares about health? I was eating vegetables. It counts. And number two sauce is insane. You can still get the uh, flash-fried pork belly. It's called the opener. The flash-fried pork belly with the Korean number two sauce. You can still get the South Carolina barbecue chicken. Huge thumbs up. It's that South Carolina gold sauce, which is so good. Um, The lobster roll with the grilled corn. Lobster and crab fries, all still available, but they won't be there forever. The summer seasonal menu, like the summer, will come to an end. And you will regret for the rest of your life missing out on the opportunity to try these things. At your neighborhood, Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website. What you got? Need a microphone. All right, tidbit. All right, so from Valdez, uh, he threw his 20th uh, consecutive quality start of the season uh, yesterday. And uh, so he is the second pitcher to do that in a league uh, with the designated hitter. Uh, the only other one was Johan Santana in 2004 when he won the, won the Cy Young. How about that? And of all the pitchers, there have been uh, seven pitchers to do this, 20 straight quality starts in a season. Every single one has won the Cy Young, except for uh, one Louise Tiant. Louis Louis Tiant. Okay, yes. Louis Tiant. Louis Tiant. Every other one has won the uh, Cy Young. Um, I could ask you to name those. I don't think I will. I want to do an Orioles one. Okay. Um, Do you think Ramon Valdez wins the Cy Young this year? Mm -hmm. Does he break break the mold? I mean, Verlander was like that's yeah. the that's the problem is that like Verlander was so nuts. I yeah, I think I, I'm still I'm I think, leaning I Verlander. think it's still Verlander. Yeah. All right. So Valdez may become the second. Uh, I see what the player updated odds are. Let me uh, pull up all the old FanDuel sportsy book here. All right. Well, while you're doing that, I'll ask my question. Uh, so since uh, 19, well, obviously no Orioles pitcher. Well, hmm. 
Yeah, no Orioles pitcher has thrown 20 straight uh, quality starts. Uh, but I want to ask, since 1989, there have been nine Orioles to throw at least 20 quality have 20 quality starts in a season. Uh, so can nine you name different Orioles? Or yes, there have been nine, nine seasons. There have been more than nine seasons, but nine they've been done nine by different nine different men. Orioles. Uh, Justin Verlander is still yeah. Framber Valdez doesn't even register. Yeah. So Framber Valdez is a uh, hundred. I mean, quality starts are kind of like a hundred. Yeah, a hundred and ten to one for Framber Valdez. He is the eighth choice. I mean, I guess if he keeps anything. throwing quality starts, but like uh, Verlander at minus one ninety. Dylan Cease is still in the conversation at plus two sixty, and then yeah, Shane Mc- McClanahan nine to one. Shohei Otani thirty two to one. Manoa. 50 to 1, Gosman 70 to 1, Garrett Cole 110 to 1 with Framber Valdez. Certainly. And Verlander's Nestor, and Nestor Cortez also still 110 to 1, despite the fact that he's kind of fallen off. All right. Um, so, uh, since when? You said? Since 1989. Since 1989. So, Nine. Jim Palmer is not on this yes, list. Yes, I, I kind of ruled them out. So, let's go Bedard. Yes, Bedard is on there. Let's go Messina. Yep, Messina, 1997. He had 26. Let's go stops. Chris Tillman. Yes, Tillman is on there a couple times. 2014, he had the most. Let's try 21. Scott Erickson. Yes, sir. Scott Erickson, also 1997, had 22 quality starts. David Wells. No, no David Wells. How about Kevin Brown in his season here? No Kevin Brown. Not, not Orioles. Broadcaster Kevin yeah, Brown. Of course, like, the pitcher like, Kevin Brown. Yeah, so it's a different thing. Um, all right. Uh, boy, now it's tough. Uh, was there somehow a, that Sidney Ponson season? Uh, Sidney Ponson, no, he is not yeah, on here. He got dealt that, that season. Was. He had a really oh, good yeah. season. Oh, no, he had 19 yeah. in 1999. I believe that was so the year he was dealt to San Francisco. cut off. Um... Oh boy, this does get really tough. For, I, I don't know, Rodrigo Lopez? No, that's a good guess, but no, not, no Rodrigo Somehow, Lopez. Somehow, all right, the Miguel Gonzalez? Yes, Miguel, Miguel Gonzalez. Oh, no, he only, he only had 19. Jesus I'm sorry. Christ. <laughs> uh, Wei and Chen. There you go, Wei and Chen. 20 on the dot in 2015. Not the only Chen on this list. Bruce Chen had a... Bruce Chen in 2005. That is an upset. 21 quality starts. upset. Uh... Okay. How many more? They said there's three more still? I believe so, yeah. God. Yes, three more. How about... 1989, pitcher. 1989. Yeah, a guy from 1989. Uh, ben McDonald. Not Ben McDonald. No, no, no. Dave, uh, 1989. Well, Dave Johnson didn't... Ben McDonald is on the list, so I do have to give you that. Okay. okay. But not the 1989. Right, because he... Nah, that was 93, Ben McDonald. Yeah, had yeah, 23. Yeah, that math so. was off. Um, uh, 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 God. Uh, who from the 1989? Uh, Malaki? Nope, not Malaki. Uh, God. Spence, five seasons with the Orioles. I just got to remember who else was in the short. Yeah, it was stop, a short, stop, 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 short major league career. Stop, 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 stop. You're, you're, oh, oh. Ballard. Ballard. Yep, Ballard. Jeff Ballard. And then w- one more guy that you are missing from the uh, the pre-playoff Orioles. Pre-playoff, like in the nineties, or no, from no, the, from, yeah, from the the late, the late. 08. Jeremy Guthrie, Jeremy yeah, Guthrie, I yes, I should have had that. Jeremy one. Guthrie. All right, very good, very good. All right, uh, Tubular brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Here's what's coming up, totally tubular-wise, as we mentioned. Orioles play a matinee this afternoon against the Cubs. 
Adrian Sampson, Spencer Watkins, the pitching matchup, 3 o'clock on Masson. Then Nationals Padres at 9.30 on Masson. MLB Network, Dodgers Brewers at 2. Blue Jays Yankees at 7. ESPN's got Little League World Series coverage in the afternoon. Then Bears Seahawks tonight at 8. ESPN 2 has Little League World Series tonight at 7. Then Game 1 between the Washington Mystics and Seattle Storm at 10. ESPNU and NBA TV for Game 1 between the Dallas Wings and Connecticut Sun at 8. Golf Channel, Round 1 of the PGA's BMW Championship from over in Delaware at 3. Tennis Channel, AT. WTP Western and Southern Open and uh, throughout the day. Bummer, our buddy uh, Francis TFO lost last mm. night in three sets to Seb Corda. So did Nadal. Uh, Nadal did lose. Yes, he did. That. That. Uh, yeah, he's coming back from an injury. That's not that stunning. He'll be fine when he gets to New York. He'll be fine. Uh, WWE uh, Network for NXT UK at 3. Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Anything non-sports? Uh, there's a new show on Peacock called The Undeclared War. Series premiering. It's like a Britain versus Russia cyber war. Um, Simon Pegg's in it. Mark Rylance as well. Looks kind of interesting. Who knows? Okay. Uh, then also the big thing is uh, She-Hawk is premiering That's on right. Disney+. Plus. That's right. That so check that out. All right. Very good. Thanks today to Jim Callis. Thanks also to Kobe Mayo as well as to uh, Joe Serpico from Pressbox. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the <laughs> tab at glennclarkradio.com. Stay in the fan. will be here tomorrow. Um, we'll preview the Cardinals tomorrow, and we should have Nick Vespi, I believe, from North. Oh, Nick Vespi, okay, very good. I like Nick Vespi, good dude. All right, very good. Thanks to to everybody at Pressbox. Thanks to all of our great sponsors and partners: Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, The Casa Sin, Great Eights Memorabilia, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Visit Howard County, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. If you're with us on audio, do nothing. If you're with us on video, give us a minute. Go back to where you started. It's weekend at Bookies is coming up next. Welcome into Weekend at Bookies, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Glenn Clark, Griffin Bass with you. 
So we uh, look ahead to the weekend, UFC 278, more preseason football, weekend of baseball. And I'm going to guess that Andrew Stecco, who joins us in a second, is probably going to have some more soccer bets for us as uh, the Premier League is underway. Just a thought that maybe he's got soccer on his mind. And then coming up later on in the program, our buddy uh, Brad Cronthal from Alloy Sports. We will talk about today's baseball slate with him as we try to help you win some money. As we mentioned, first up is our pal Andrew Stecka with his stats and figures. He joins us now here on Weekend at Bookies. What's going on, pal? How are you? No, we got to get that fixed. For some reason, we don't hear Andrew Stecka, which is never a good sign. Well, I don't know. Some people might argue it's a great sign. Not uh, not sure what happened there, but we will try to get that uh, figured out. And, and hopefully, because if he doesn't, it's going to be really awkward for all parties involved. It's going to be terribly uncomfortable. Andrew, can you hear me now? I sure can. Oh, and now I can hear you. And that's, that's that, well, that's arguably better. Um, well, that's how it works. Right. Good. What's going on, pal? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm all right. Um, kind of a, a rough, a rough week for you is is you attempted to parlay some things and you sh- you didn't you didn't do well the last time out with your parlays. Yeah, yeah. We we, we had we had a couple slip ups, but uh, yeah. we're gonna, we're, you know what do you do when you when you slip up? You go right back. That's to the right. Road. You've got to you got to keep keep going. You just you just pretend like it never happened. You go find some yep. more money, and you throw it at the problem. That's the way that you always handle these things. Uh, last time out, Stick uh, uh, wanted to parlay the Padres minus one and a half and over a seven and a half. Um, unfortunately, that 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 didn't uh, that didn't go so well for Joe Musgrave. Uh, Musgrove, sorry, I don't know why I said Musgrave. Casey Mus. That you know why it is because when I think of you, I think of stupid Casey Musgraves because you love Casey Musgraves despite her being so mid. And then, um, uh, you what, what was the other thing you parlayed? You parlayed Liverpool over Fulham, and Tottenham over Southampton with both teams scoring. And yeah, now the to- the Tottenham side of that came came through, but the Liverpool Liverpool ended up drawing. Yeah, with Fulham, yeah, so that's right, two out. two. So that part didn't work out either. All right, yeah. let's get back at it. Stets and figures for this week. Where are you headed first? Uh, let's start this afternoon. Orioles baseball, Orioles Cubs. Uh, have you seen the Orioles bats recently? They are not. Uh, not. What, what what these bats that you speak of? What are they? Yeah, I'm not sure where they are. They've they like to sh- they, they like to show up for the series openers. Now they they like to play well, for the first game of the series, and then they don't really do anything how does that, else. How does that play when it's a one game series? I, I, I would think that would mean they would show up today. Actually. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go against that. The Orioles have only scored more than four runs, uh, or excuse me, they have not scored more than four runs in five of their last seven games. They've just been been ice cold uh, offensively. Uh, the Cubs, I kind of expect today to be in a similar mindset to the Orioles were last week in Boston, with that just popping in for one game. It's kind of a it's kind of a weird situation. Um, so for those reasons, uh, I'm going with the under nine runs in the Orioles-Cubs game today. Uh, just not two teams. The, the Cubs also just have an anemic offense. Right. Uh, not to mention the, the you know the, the the pitcher they have on the mound, Adrian Sampson, has not been bad. Uh, he has, however, lost two starts since he last lost to the Orioles, and he's lost them both in shutout fashion. So hmm. it's just not the the Cubs are not producing when he's on the mound either. So I just. The combination of these two teams with the the bats the way that they are, I don't expect a lot of runs. So give me the under nine runs today. The, the weird thing, like I don't know which Spencer Watkins is showing up. You know what I mean? Like the guy that pitched against Pittsburgh, you know, a couple weeks ago, that guy was great. 
Um, right. But I, I don't. I, otherwise, he could get just shelled because Spencer Watkins can always get shelled. I hear you, and it's you know, it's a, it's, it's an afternoon game. You mentioned the weird nature. I guess not quite as bad for the Cubs because they were in D.C. before this, so it's not like the Orioles who were doing like way out of their way, like they were going to Boston to get the to, to Tampa, which is obnoxious. But um, yeah, I think your theory makes sense. I would be inclined to agree with you. The uh, the under sits at minus one fifteen right now. It's under also a nine. fairly high you know number at nine. So I yes, mean, you know we're not it is, seeing it, it seven is, and a half. It eight. is one of the higher. No- it might be the highest number on the slate today. Actually, it is indeed. It is the highest number of any game on the Major League Baseball slate today. So keep that in mind. All right, where are you headed next? Uh, we're gonna. I might. This one might surprise you a little bit. I, I did a little look into the WNBA. Whoa! <laughs> so, uh, Whoa! Yeah, the WNBA playoffs, as you know, got got underway last night. I watched that thrilling uh, game between New York yeah. and Chicago. It was really entertaining. Um, the most competitive series is, is expected to be this series between Seattle and Washington. Um, the Storm are going to have home court. It's a two-one format in a three-game series. Um, and for that reason, I like them over the Mystics. You can get them at one seventy, which I think is worth paying. Um, Brianna Stewart is probably, you know, it's either going to be her or Asia Wilson or going to be the MVP. She led the league in scoring at 21.8 points per game. And I, I dove into some of these numbers too. The Storm are just the better defensive team. And the fact that they get two home games in this series leads me to believe that they should be the one coming out on top. Uh, they're the only team, the Storm, that were in the top three in both steals and blocks throughout the t- entire WNBA season. So you can also, if you want a sneaky play, you can get the storm at like, like six to one right now to win the title. Um, we did see the sky slip up last night. We don't know how that's going to go. The sky and the aces are pretty much the other two teams I would consider as the other contenders. So the storm, if you like them at six to one, uh, that's something you could throw out there as well. But I like them at minus 170 to beat the Mystics in this opening round series. Um, so, of course, the motion of uh, of Sue Bird being significant here. I feel like, in, like Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm looking uh, at the series order as some options. And if you like them to win and it's only a three-game series, I feel like it's, it's almost worth <sighs> – I don't know. I feel like it's almost worth buying a ticket for them to, to I don't know, win at, at, at specifically at either sweeping or in, in the third game, right? Like, if you like them to, right. if, if you like them to win, if you like it to go to three, you can get it at six to one. If you like them to sweep, you can still get a plus 140, whereas just to win the series is minus 170. I don't know. I almost feel like it's it's worth kind of going bold a little bit on something like that if you like them to win i i might take that ticket at plus 140 to get them on a suit. you can certainly juice your odds that way if you want to for sure all right uh andrew stecka is with us with his stats and figures for the week number three on your list uh another thing that i'm not inclined to do very often is bet preseason football but mm. this is purely a value play and go and going completely against the odds I'm going to take the Cardinals on the money line at plus 190 <laughs> over the Ravens. Yeah, it's so funny you uh, say that. I mean, it's it, – I just – I'm sorry. Like, th- you don't win that many games in a row in a preseason because of some kind of, you know, decided advantage or anything else. I just – I feel like the odds have to come back either way. And if you can get almost 2-1 to one on the Cardinals, on a team flying across the country, weirdly enough, um, it's just very strange – the Ravens have played one other game at University of Phoenix Stadium in their, or I guess it's not University of Phoenix Stadium now, it's State Farm Stadium, uh, if we can get all the sponsorships right. They played one game there uh, previously. They got their butts whooped. I was there for it. It wasn't pretty. It was in 2015. 
Um, again, this is this is a value play. It's 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 a play on the law of averages, and that this this thing cannot continue going uh, in the way that it's going for the Ravens for for this long. And if you're getting nearly two to one odds at plus one ninety right now, I say throw some money on the Cardinals on the money line. So I, this is really funny. If you follow uh, the FanDuel Sport or you follow Live Casino and Hotel Maryland on social media, you're going to see a video later today where I am discussing this. Now, unfortunately, one thing's already moved. The lines dropped from six and a half to five and a half. So we made the video. It was at six and a half. It's at five and a half. I'm still going with the Cardinals to cover. And I actually toss out the exact same thought, Andrew. Now, the one thing I would say is I, the averages thing means nothing to me, right? Like... Uh, there's there's a phrase for this that that whatever's happened before is irrelevant and I, I can't it's the sure. it's the betters edge or something like that I don't remember what the name of the phrase is uh, Norm Macdonald wrote about it in his book um, I don't I don't care about that part of it the part that I care about is this is insane like no team ever travels to Arizona for a preseason game the furthest the Ravens have traveled in this streak is New Orleans. Um, right. And, and even that, like, I think they did that m- maybe twice. I know they did it once. They might have done it twice. Like, this, you don't travel like this. In the preseason, you play Washington and Philadelphia and Carolina. Like, that's who you play in the preseason. This is nuts. What's even more nuts is the Ravens shifting practice out to Arizona like this game matters. So I'm not sure exactly what to make of it. If I were the Ravens, I would play even less players than what I played in the first preseason game. Like, I would legitimately play no one. This would be Anthony Brown from start. Like, that time where they played Casey Bramlett in a preseason game from the opening snap to the final snap because Troy Smith was in the hospital, Kyle Bowler was hurt, and Joe Flacco was going to be their quarterback, so they didn't want him to play. Um, like right. I, I would do that bit on Sunday night and say, you're really making us fly out to Arizona to play a preseason game. I don't care that you put it on national TV. You're getting four quarters of Anthony Brown because F you for this. That's what I would do. Now, John Harbaugh is not me and John Harbaugh for whatever weird psychopathic reason likes winning preseason games, which is so insanely dumb. And as was pointed out to me the other day, the Ravens, because of by virtue of being deep, the, the team that thinks it's important to have five fourth-round picks is exactly the type of team that's going to win 21 consecutive preseason games. It ain't going to help you when you need to win the Super Bowl, but it helps you in these situations because you've got more qualified NFL players on the field than other teams do, whether they're going to end up playing for you or playing for someone else. So... I'm in a weird spot where because of the travel, because of the odd nature of the game, I actually do agree with Andrew where I think it's worth tossing a couple of dollars down on the Cardinals to win outright. That being said, you know, John Harbaugh is just enough of a psychopath that he might try to win the game somehow. Like he's just, (laughs) there's something about, he ain't his brother, but there are small things where you remember he's kind of like him. And this is that, like where they think these things matter. That famous story that Peter King wrote about them playing basketball on their driveway and how intense it was. Like they, they just, anything that looks like competition is competition. Like that's the way that it goes. And then finally, number four for you. We're going to go back to the well on soccer. Uh, we, we slipped up on it last time, but I've been, you know, that's the first one we've really slipped up on since we started doing weekend at bookies. Um, the marquee game of the weekend in the Premier League actually doesn't come around until Monday, but uh, it's between two historically powerful teams who have had a rough start to the season, uh, Liverpool and Manchester United. Uh, Liverpool sit in 12th place after two games. Uh, they're way better than drawing two games to start the season. Uh, they are expected to be title contenders. Manchester United, however, they sit dead last right now in the Premier League. 
Uh, they have scored one goal. Yeah, they in just, their two they games. just stink and now, huh? Like they're just terrible. And, and it was, yeah, they've scored one goal and it was an own goal. <laughs> None of their players have actually scored a goal in two games. Uh, we're going, so I'm going to go back to the well on on Liverpool, uh, and I'm going to go. I'm going to pair it with over two and a half goals in the game to get you to plus one hundred eight. Um, now Liverpool's not going to have Darwin Nunez, one of their uh, top attackers, because he, he got a red card in their last match. But they still have Luis Diaz. They still have Mo Salah. Uh, they should have enough attacking power to bump that total up, up over the two-and-a-half goal mark. Um, Liverpool also, last season at Old Trafford, won 5-0. So mm. um, there's there's a little mm. bit of history there of Liverpool going in and, and, and pouring them on. They've also uh, won their last two games at Old Trafford and haven't lost there since 2018. So really like Liverpool to, to kind of go in and right the ship against a Manchester United team that I don't know how they're going to fix things there they're very very bad all right liverpool and over two and a half goals gets you to plus 108 very good at a stecka on twitter is how you follow him andrew stecka appreciate you pal we'll talk to you in a couple weeks sounds good glenn cheers sandra stecka checking in for stets and figures this week on weekend at bookies when we come back in, our buddy Brad Cronthal, Alloy Sports, is going to check within, check in with us. Check in with us. We'll see what he feels about uh, Andrew Stecka's choice of uh, taking the under in the Orioles game. We'll just talk about the baseball slate in general with Brad Cronthal next. This is Weekend at Bookies, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Forget plus-minus odds, Swagger uses points for a better way to understand probabilities. If you're tired of losing because of one bad pick, with Swagger, you don't need to be perfect to win. You just create a lineup of 4-10 to 10 simple player props and score points for the ones you get right. So you can be half right and all right with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payouts of any DFS site as much as 50 times your buy-in. Plus, you can play all the major pro sports, including your favorite local team, if you're ready to play, visit playwithswagger.com slash pressbox to sign up and Swagger will give you $10 free to try them out. Plus, they'll match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. It's free money to play with Swagger. Swagger, daily fantasy for all fankind. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. And we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily cover of demos, ravens, and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. 
Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Visit Howard County presents the 2022 Major League Quidditch Championship, a Harry Potter-inspired, real-life, full-contact, mixed-gender, 12-team Quidditch tournament happening at Troy Park in Elkridge, August 20th through the 22nd. For tickets and more information, go to visithowardcounty.com. Maryland, be open for it. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, this could be relevant for some of your futures bets as you're actually listening today to Weekend at Bookies, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Um, uh, Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio says that this thing that's sort of... There there was a guy that posted something that has no reason for us to think he's credible, but it's floating around on the internet. It says that the suspension for Deshaun Watson will be 11 games and $5 million. And Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk says that's, according to one of his sources, accurate. That that is legitimate. That that's what the penalty will be for Deshaun Watson is 11 games and a $5 million fine. So um, do with that what you might. It has not been confirmed yet by the NFL. Apparently this is a a, a a draft of a release, according to someone named Josh Pasteris, or Joseph Pasteris, who's a just a guy on the internet, put out a draft of a press release that said that the NFL and NFLPA came to an agreement on a, spen- a suspension that would be for 11 games. And Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, Quote tweeted it and said, Source says this is real, 11 games, $5 million fine for Deshaun Watson, and then followed it up by posting something on his um, on his website that, that says he's confirming it based on a source that he spoke to. So as you think about your futures bets in the AFC North, win totals, things along those lines, the reports today are that Deshaun Watson will be suspended for 11 games. I guess if you're the Browns, that's maybe a bit of a win since it does mean that you'll actually at some point have him this season if you can somehow stay afloat, but uh, not not great, not ideal, clearly, and it also means that he would not. The you know the original suspension looked like it was going to be six games. That meant that he was going to be back to play the, the Ravens in Week 7. This agreement would mean that's not the case. He would not play in that game. All right, now let's talk a little bit about today's baseball slate. Our buddy Brad Cronthal from Alloy Sports is with us now here on Weekend at Bookies. What's going on, pal? How are you? Doing well, Glenn. Excited to be on. How you doing? Everything is good here, my man. Um, Andrew Stecka says bet the under in today's Orioles-Cubs game. You and I have talked about these afternoon games. This is a little bit different. It's not a getaway day for the Orioles. In fact, it's actually the first game of a homestand, although a, a weird broken homestand, because they got to go up to Williamsport in the middle of it. Sh- Chicago 
you know, it was just in D.C., so it's not like it's drastic travel. It's a little bit annoying to have to play one more game um, in travel. I, I don't know what to make of this. The number is big, though, nine. What do you think about that today? Yeah, I, I actually don't have a play on this game today. I, I liked your theory, Glenn. You know, it seemed like when you said go under on the getaway days, what a weird series, though, a one-game series. Uh, I was actually at the first game of the series a few months ago. So uh, Austin Hayes hit that home run in the, the second deck, That's right. I believe. So, That's right. Yeah, and, yes. the, and the, uh, the Cubs go I back home. I don't have a play here. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do with this, but I do think that number's big. I do think that it is a big number, so – I I get where Steck is coming from. I think I tend if if I were to make a bet, I would probably be with him and I'll make a bet on the under. Well, where do you where do you have plays, Brad Cronthal? What do you like when you look at the baseball slate today? Yeah, a few exciting games, you know, today and tonight. First game I'm looking at stood out, Rockies Cardinals. Uh I like the Cardinals ATF today. Wayne right on the hill. He's just been incredible as a forty year old pitcher. He's got like a three two seven ERA this nice. season. Cardinals are four and one ATS in their last five. They're hosting the Rockies. They're trying to expand their lead in the NL Central. That division looks like it's gonna be theirs. Nice. Ever since Milwaukee traded Hater, it's kind of been to me like, okay, this is St. Louis's for the taking. And they have done just that with Goldschmidt and Arenado having ridiculous seasons. I think they handle business today and win by more than a run and a half. I like that too, by the way. But I, I, I just I wanted to pull this up because I saw this a couple weeks ago. Uh, Timothy Burke, who's one of the stars of the Manti Teo uh, documentary, as he was one of the two reporters from Deadspin that worked on the story, he tweeted this out on July 27th. 5,928 days ago, Adam Wainwright struck out Craig Biggio. Tonight, he struck out Biggio's son twice, which is just really, really remarkable and incredible thing, to your point, about what he's doing at the age of 40. Yeah, I like that. I like that. What else jumps out at you? All right, Mets Braves. Great, great series thus far. New York had a big lead last night. Atlanta hits a three-run over to pull it to within one, and then New York spread it uh, later in the game with Alonzo coming through. Huge series. I like Atlanta with the money line jumping back in. It's DeGrom and Freed. If there's one thing we know with DeGrom, he's incredible, but he doesn't get run support. So his Second, I believe, start coming off the IL. Uh, second or third coming off the IL. And I just can't see him going that eight or nine. So if they can get him out after, you know, six or seven, which if you get DeGrom out after seven innings and you're yeah, the opponent, I'd consider that a, a success. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Atlanta can stay close because the Mets just don't score when DeGrom's on the hill. And if they keep it a one-run, two-run game, I, I can see Atlanta pulling some dramatics here. Max Freed, he's been great for, for the Braves. The money line is at plus 112 for the Braves tonight. They're 5-1 and one in ATS in their last six games. We know they've been winning a lot just outright, but, you know, if they can cover the spread, I, I kind of like them late-game scenario um, for this game. Um, it's also pretty big, you know, especially after they weren't able to come back. Like, they're, they're sitting at four and a half. If they were to lose today, five and a half back at this point, uh, you're, it's not done. And they, I believe they still have a few more games uh, to be played between the two teams. But, boy, it's it's hard. It's really hard to overcome five and a half um, now that we're getting – we'd be sitting at August 19th at that point. This is kind of an important game for Atlanta. I like where your head's at. I like that on the money line. Um, I just – 
you know, it requires me to bet against Buck and and, and Brad. I just don't want to do that, frankly. <laughs> I just don't want to do that because I love the guy so much. Uh, anything else in the baseball plate that uh, has your eye today? So those are my top two plays. I like those games a lot. The last one that's kind of nudging me to where I'm, okay, I'll probably make a play at some point. Blue Jays, Yankees, just looking at it, the Yankees with that heroic walk-off grand slam last night by Donaldson. I mean, if any, any team needed a pick-me-up like that, it was the Yankees. They've just been putrid yes. since the All-Star break. Um, oh, the, the total's at eight and a half. It's Barrios on the hill um, for the Blue Jays, uh, for the Yankees. It's just such a tough play for me, but I feel like whatever reason, I see the offense getting going for the Yankees and the Blue Jays offense. I mean, they can explode for 10 runs any given night. It's Montas pitching for the Yankees. I'm going to go with the over eight and a half Blue Jays Yankees tonight in New York. Barrios, I can just see, like if the Yankees are going to break out after last night, they should have a little bit of confidence. I can just see the back maybe coming alive, putting up five, six runs. Blue Jays should easily put up a couple runs, six, three games, cover me. Uh, or just make it like a 15-run game and you don't have to sweat it at all. And it's kind of a similar story with the Blue Jays, right? Who, you know, I, Sneaky had really struggled, been really struggling too. Not like the Yankees have struggled because the Yankees have been the worst team in baseball. Um, but the Blue Jays are something like 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games and were in danger of being swept by the Orioles. And all of a sudden, late in the game, they blow things open and score six runs. So did that wake them up a little bit? at a time where they needed it to get their offense going. I, I like why your eye is on that as well, although I don't like any scenario where the Yankees – although, I, I don't know, this is this is one of those things where people are going to tell me I'm supposed to be rooting for the Yankees because the Orioles are in more direct competition with the Blue Jays, but, Brad, I cannot do that. Like, you cannot – You have I, to. No, no, I can acknowledge what's <laughs> what's better when it's over. At the game, When the game's over, I can say, hey, the Blue Jays losing was helpful for the Orioles. I, what I cannot do is root for the New York Yankees to, to win a game. I can't do that. I am incapable of doing such a thing. I can acknowledge afterwards, but when the game's going on, they're wearing pinstripes. I want them to get their brains beat in always. Always, always I want that to be the case. It is in my blood. Um, all right, Brad, remind everybody about Alloy Sports. Remind everybody what you guys got going on. Absolutely. Alloy Sports, sports betting research platform. We're relaunching for the NFL. We'll be ready in September. You come with us. You build your own betting strategies. You see the ones that we've built. Check them out. We give you the data-driven approach in real time, tell you which games are best to bet based off the historical results, and hopefully win you some money and, and work together in beating the books. And it's important to know you can sign up for free, correct? Correct. You got one month free. Sign up. You get full access to our platform, and then after that, it's just fourteen ninety nine. I mean, you're betting fifteen bucks a game. You're gonna win one bet a month with us. You know that. So, yeah. you know, we, we feel confident that you know we're freely sports betters and out there in sports fans. So come with us and check us out for the NFL season. All right, very good, uh, Brad. Social media wise, remind me. Yep, I'm at B underscore Kronthal, K-R-O-N-T-H-A-L, or you can follow us at Alloy Sports. And, of course, AlloySports.com is the website. Appreciate it, bud. We'll talk to you again in a couple weeks, all right? Sounds great, Glenn. Thanks so much. Brad Kronthal, Alloy Sports, checking in with us here on Weekend at Bookies. And, of course, Weekend at Bookies is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel which is where you're going to want to be on Saturday night for UFC 278. 
Kamaro Usman, and Leon Edwards. I gave away one of the things we're going to talk about during uh, on social media today on uh, Live Casino's page, so I'm not going to give away the other thing, which is Griffin uh, makes a pick for the main event. A great pick. Uh, it must be better. Be, I hope it's better than your last pick. Hope it's better than the last one. That's it will all be. I can say. Yeah. It better be. It had better be. Uh, but that'll be coming later today on uh, Live Casino and Hotels social media pages. You can see what Griffin thinks you should bet on for the main event of the UFC 278 card. Good card in general. You want to order it and watch it at home? That's your choice. You can do that. You're going to pay $75, and you're probably going to order some wings. And despite the fact that the word is that the price of wings is going down, but that's strange because I have not seen restaurants reflecting that necessarily just yet. It seems like maybe there are places that are still trying to get over on me. Not Glory Days Grill. I want to make that Never. abundantly clear. Not Glory Days Grill. But other places, you know who you are. Prices of wings. Reports saying they're going down. And your prices seem to be staying the same. That's all. Just uh, stod. Just something I noticed. But that's irrelevant. Not germane to the point. The point is you're going to spend a boatload of money. And that is your choice. It is your right if that's what you want to do. But what you also can't do is win your money back because you can't bet at home on your phone or on your computer just yet. But what you can do is you can go to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland and you can watch the fights for free, gratis. And if you think about it right now and say, well, I've got a group of friends. Uh, they might want to all get together and watch the fights. Maybe we all get together and watch it there. Organize it. Figure out how many people you have in your party and email events at sportssocialmd.com. And when you do that, say, hey, I got a group of six. Do you have a table for me? Well, yeah, we do. Well, we don't have the tables, but we do have a set of six reclining chairs available. Would you want to sit in the reclining chairs and watch the fights? Well, well, yeah. Well, yeah, that sounds great. Think about it now. Reserve your spot. Be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Win money betting on the fights that you're watching for free. No brainer events at sportssocialmd.com. Uh, Griffin's gratuitous grouping. Griffin, uh, this might be as bad. Maybe what we're learning is that you're just not good at parlaying. Well, hold on, hold on. Um, That's before this week. Maybe. Uh, I feel very good. How did it go last time out? Oh, well, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it didn't go well. We, what, what, what happened? Uh, we had, uh, so our first one hit, we had the Blue Bombers, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They covered for me on Thursday night. There you go. And then uh, Friday night, I went to the PFL, the Professional Fighters League, and yeah. Anthony Pettis broke both his wrists while trying to punch uh, Stevie Ray in the face. Both, Stevie, yeah. both of his wrists? Yes. That seems very difficult to do. Yeah. Well, he was uh, he was trying hard for me. He, he knew that I was riding him. and uh, Yeah. Wow. And he, and he decided to break both hands, and he both lost. Both wrists. Lost. Yeah. Yikes. So that, that sucked, and then uh, the other one lost two. <laughs> you don't remember what it was. It was uh, the Leeds Wolves uh, under two and a half, and uh, was, they were tied at 1-1 for a while, and then Leeds scored a goal, which made me happy because I'm a Leeds fan, ah. uh, but I was, you know. Big Leeds guy. I am a Leeds guy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I got three really good ones. Sure you do. For today, for the, for this weekend. Sure you do. And I also, if, if you parlay it with uh, Brad and Stekka's picks, uh, it's a plus, it's 1,200 to one. 
if you parlay all of our picks. All right. Well, what is your grouping? All right. My grouping is I'm going to start tonight in Cincinnati at the Western Southern Open. Felix Auger Aliassime. Mm, FAA. Is, yeah. I love saying his name, too. Yes. I so do. I love being able to pick him against Yannick Sinner. Uh, this is a tough one for me because I love me some Yannick Sinner. Yes, I know. Well, and so do I because Sinner was my first hit of Griffin's gratuitous grouping. On, on the back hard in court, I actually do think I like FAA. Well, so. Uh, Ajay Aliassime was a plus 110 this morning. I think it's all the way down to even now. They're minus 110 well, that's not, I mean, either way. Well, I have more to back this up. I have more to back this up. You said it was a plus 110? Yes. That's basically even. When you say it's well, all the way... Well, now it's minus 110. Well, that's, that's a movement of 20 cents. <laughs> like, that's, that's not... A, to a, me, that's a big movement. Okay, fine. He's 4-0. Uh, Felix is 4-0 in his last four round of 16 matches at the Masters level this mm-hmm. year. And uh, Sinner, he is in three. He's three and two in round of sixteen matches this year, and one of those losses was to Felix back in May. I feel very good about this one, and we're going to get off to a hot start All tonight. Right. All right, everybody's everybody in, in uh, the tennis world is very excited about Ben Shelton, NCAA ben Shelton. champion, uh, who is uh, lighting up Cincinnati. Defeated Lorenzo Sinego, then followed it up with a win over Casper Rood. Ben Shelton, foul ben that name Shelton. away. He's just nineteen years old. He's from Atlanta. Yes. Oh. NCAA tennis champion, and now um, doing some work, doing some work in Cincinnati. A couple of big back-to-back wins. He plays Cam Norrie later today. Ooh. I don't, I don't like his chances, but I didn't <laughs> like his chances in either of the other two matches. So, what do I know? All right, next up, we are going to Friday night. Uh, we will go back to the Canadian Football League. Why not? I do, I do like betting on it. It's fun to watch. Sure. Um, so we're gonna go with the BC Lions. You're a rouge guy. Yeah. Just enjoy or a single, they call it. Of course, uh, I used to love Canadian football because we had a team, and it was mm. wonderful, and it was what gave me my first joy of football. It was the first team. Really? The Colts moved. When oh, I was right, so young right. when the Colts okay. moved, I don't have any taste of that. So the yeah. first taste of having a football team that I ever had in my life was a Canadian Football League, and it was that a joy. Sense. It was it was wonderful. I, I loved it. All right, well, you're going to have a joy watching the BC Lions cover the minus five against the Sasquatch and Rough Riders. Mm. Uh, the BC Lions are 3-0. and They're undefeated on the road this season in the CFL. The Rough Riders have lost their last two home games by a combined 25 points. Uh, BC is going to they're going to continue making this playoff push. I like them to cover the minus five pretty easily. All right, against the Rough Riders. All right. Finally, Saturday night we're going back to the UFC. My bread and butter. Uh, not the main event, but two fights before we're going to Jose Aldo and Marab Divalishvili. Divalishvili has uh, he his last five I think have gone to decision or no he got a knockout in his last fight which was kind of a fluke. Um, but before that he had five straight decisions. So I, I also like this one to go the distance because Aldo has also he hasn't had a knockout since 2019. His last six fights, five of his last six have gone a decision for Aldo. So if you want to go pick the fight to go to distance, that's at minus 210. So not as much money there, um, but I like that as well. So we're going Diva leastfully by decision over Aldo. Okay. So this is very much a bet with my head, not your heart pick because I love Aldo. He's okay. won three in a row. He's trying to make another push, but Diva leastfully he is just too technically sound. Um, and he's going to grind it. He's going to grind out Aldo for a uh, plus 135 decision. So if we combine these three things together, what are our odds? Plus 775. So this is not overwhelming. Not this overwhelming. This is not, you know, like an absurd. Yeah, plus yeah. 775, is a, it's a nice, that's a good trio. That's a good pairing. I'm actually surprised the odds are that high, frankly. What is the one that's it lifting was, the odds so I much? I think because of the Marab plus 135 decision. Okay. All right. Plus one thirty-five, and then the other two are basically pickums. Yeah. Minus one ten. BC Lions minus five. Minus one hundred five. All right. 
All so right. throw five bucks on that, make $38. I like the sounds of it, of course. And then if you want to combine it with Brad and a right. stack of, of course, course. I remind you, you haven't done that yet. You haven't you haven't won well, the, the a gratuitous group. Talk to me on Monday. Yeah, I mean, we will. <laughs> we'll check in and see how it went. All right, very good. You can play that. That's Griffin's gratuitous grouping for this week. Thanks to Andrew Stetka. Thanks to Brad Cronthal for checking in. Don't forget, we'll be back on Tuesday with Simply the Bets as we inch ever closer to the start of football and then what is my favorite betting portion of the year and when I'll start doing some some truly risky things. Um, maybe I shouldn't do that, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, so yeah, join us for, uh, Simple Bets Tuesday morning and then, uh, Weekend at Bookies will be back in two weeks. It's all brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Make sure you're following them on social and you will see some hot takes from Griffin and I later on today. We will see you on Tuesday. In the meantime, may the odds be ever in your favor.